Welcome to Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 10th, 1994. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening, good morning, welcome to Coast to Coast AM, live talk radio throughout the nighttime on the CBC radio network. I'm Art Bell. Hi everybody, it's, uh, it's good to be here, I'm barely here. My dentist did me some damage today. I don't, I don't get numb that easily for dental work, and so it took about four shots in the gums. Now, I don't think it's the dental work that's hurting me. I think it's the shots gums. Oh, man. Anyway, that's out of my life for a couple more weeks, and then I'm back for part two. <laughs> like a rematch or something. Anyway, hello. Uh, we were going to have a guest uh, this evening. But I think I got the date wrong. I uh, called the uh, hotel in uh, in Las Vegas where my guest was supposed to be, and my guest uh, is not even due to check in for a couple of days. So I think my guest is on next week, and uh, it's going to be an interesting appearance. It's on a virtual reality, uh, perhaps even the darker aspect of virtual reality. My guest is going to be next week, I guess. From uh, uh, from Penthouse Magazine, and they're doing a really strange thing with virtual reality and computers. And uh, so that'll be next week, next uh, Thursday, I guess, not this Thursday. Now, tomorrow night, uh, we are going to have a guest. Tomorrow night is going to be a fascinating night. If you have been one of those people curious about the new diseases, you're going to not want to miss Lindsay Williams. Lindsay uh, will be here talking about all the bad stuff. Stuff you heard about on 48 Hours, 60 Minutes from the CDC, Strep A, you know, the bug that eats your face. New diseases that may pop up, like the one that killed so many so quickly in Africa. AIDS, other diseases, uh, new diseases that we don't even know about uh, that no doubt are coming. So that'll be tomorrow evening at this time, and uh, I guess we'll have our, our guest uh, from Penthouse next week. You guys know me. I'm liable to do anything. All right. This is, uh, since we do have a guest tomorrow night, this is going to be kind of more like a uh, Friday night, Saturday. And there are a lot of people off, as a matter of fact, um, on, on Friday anyway, aren't there? So... Um, so maybe it is more, even more than I think, uh, very much like Friday night, Saturday morning. Anyway, good to have you. We're getting new affiliates. We've got a new uh, affiliate coming uh, Monday in Liberal, Kansas. As a matter of fact, if I can find it, I really ought to talk to you about that right now. What happened is my little clipboard fell down before the program, and I had to pick it up. Here it is. Uh, KSCB. Uh, in Liberal, Kansas, and we're going to be welcoming them aboard on the 14th of October. October 14th. And uh, I think that's, let's see if today's uh, the 10th. Yeah, that'll be uh, just early next week. Also another one, WJTNAM in Jamestown, New York, will be joining us. And we've got yet another New York affiliate on the way. I think I'll have the call letters in the next uh, a day or so. And so the network continues to build at a rapid, very rapid clip. All right, the news of the day, such as it is. 187, as you all know, it passed overwhelmingly. 
California is in a big argument with itself over 187 right now, which, of course, greatly restricts or even eliminates services to illegal immigrants. It, uh, it's also tied up in court right now and in protest as well. There was an emergency session of the L.A. County Supervisors yesterday, and one of them, Mike Antonovich, said, quote, California is not to be a sanctuary for those who deliberately break the law. Uncle Sam is not Uncle Sugar, end quote. A Hispanic supervisor, Gloria Molina, said, quote, We have not only a public health crisis, but we have a duty and a responsibility for the overall well-being of L.A., Los Angeles County residents, end quote. Now let's think about that statement. Very carefully chosen words designed to apparently include all residents, including illegal uh, residents. Again, she said, quote, we have not only a public health crisis, but we have a duty and a responsibility for the overall well-being of Los Angeles County residents. If indeed, as I would read it, those are carefully chosen words to say we have a duty and responsibility to take care of illegal immigrants, I say, baloney. I actually say a lot more than that, but I can't say it to you on the radio. I'm sure you get the idea. It's beginning to get violent. Last night um, at California State University at L.A., there was an anti-187 rally. It turned ugly. The police ended up dragging uh, several people off. Twenty were arrested. In Arizona and New Mexico, a number of lawmakers there are already saying they are considering similar laws. So, as I told you last night, and I think I'm vindicated uh, uh, by that uh, uh, tonight, it would quickly spread, and those uh, states concerned about the possible immigration uh, of, um, of those who would leave California because of 187 are now um, suddenly very concerned and wanting to consider similar legislation themselves. Now, let's look at what's going on. It's in the courts right now, as you know. And down in Texas, the equal protection provision of the Constitution was cited by a judge as the reason to rule that even illegal immigrants must be included in the state's school system down in Texas. However, if you check into that ruling, you'll find the judge in that case stated that if any damage could be shown, that is, damage to the school system or to the students, citizens of this country, the ruling would have gone the other way. So in other words, if Texas could have shown there was damage uh, to the school system, to the people or to the citizens uh, of Texas, uh, the ruling would have gone the other way now. Uh, in California, I don't think there's any question about the damage. The Urban Institute estimates that in seven key western states, here in the southwest mostly, get this now, the cost of educating 641,000 children here illegally is $3.1 billion. 
$3.1 billion, incarcerating 21,000 illegal immigrants, which is the number we've got in the pokey, will, uh, will cost 400, or is costing $471 million for a great grand total of $3,571,000,000. California's share of that, according to the Urban Institute, is $1,668,000,000. That's what California has to pay. Now, in my opinion, and without question, crowded classrooms overburdened facilities, budgets in meltdown absolutely constitute real uh, and documentable damage. Uh, therefore, it is my firm view that uh, 187 uh, should be and will be tested in the courts. Do not despair of the... Um, uh, the injunction, uh, the temporary restraining order against 187, we should want it to be tested, ladies and gentlemen. Because, you see, ultimately, it is not the job of the states uh, to enforce uh, immigration uh, rules and regulation in law. It is the job of the federal government and, in effect, uh, as this winds its way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, it's my view that it will be held to be constitutional, that it will be held that um, the Equal Protection Clause does not apply, uh, absolutely does not apply, and that it is damaging uh, severely, even, uh, California's budget, California's educational system, and I believe that it's going to be held to be uh, fully and absolutely constitutional. Uh, one Hispanic protester yesterday in Texas uh, worried that, uh oh all of this might be coming to Texas, and he was on TV NBC yesterday yelling, quote, We give millions and millions of dollars to dictators while our Mexican children are going to be kicked out of school. End quote. So, if 187, in your opinion, is constitutional, and in my opinion, 187 is indeed a constitutional, uh, as a matter of fact, um, it is the job, actually, of the federal government to do all of this, then you should not fear or be angry about a court test. It's absolutely inevitable. Only thing is, I think we're going to win. Uh, and w when I say win, in effect, it's going to order the federal government to damn well start doing their job. So, that's my view of things. You may have some comments on 187. I'm sure you do. Everybody seems to. Uh, here's a fax on the subject from our liberal down in uh, Phoenix, Doc Berry. Maybe conservatives, he says, are right that Prop 187 is not racist. The proposition will, he says, deport illegals that are criminals, stop illegals from entering the U.S., stop the hiring of illegals by citizens, prevent illegals from living on welfare. If Prop 187 doesn't do the above, 
Maybe it is designed to send a message about all the red-headed, freckled illegals from the socialist Scandinavian countries like Denmark and Sweden. Racist bigots message that is aimed at children. That is 187. Like looters, you hate brown-skinned children, he says, meaning me. You class them with gay marines and women combat pilots. Slime erupts, says Doc Berry in Phoenix. So, um, obviously, what he means by this is uh, quite clearly uh, why, yes, we are racist. Yes, we hate brown-skinned people. And on and on and on. Well, it's not the first time I've been accused of that, Doc. And I understand that when you liberals run out of gas on uh, any subject intellectually, you charge racism. And I think you were out of, uh, out of gas on this one, Doc, uh, weeks ago. Uh, if you wish to think me racist uh, and uh, hating brown-skinned uh, children, Doc, you just go right ahead. Uh, it's not going to cause me to shrink away from support of something that uh, would uh, possibly give the educational system in this country... Uh, in this part of the country, uh, back to the students and back to the taxpayers, which is where it belongs, not the hands of anybody from anywhere else, period. Trouble with liberals is their compassion is mindless and endless. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 10th, 1994. Newt Gingrich, the likely new Speaker of the House of Representatives, is upset. He's upset with the Washington Post, probably not the first time he's been upset with the Post, <laughs> which yesterday quoted Mr. Gingrich as referring to Mr. Uh, Clinton, or actually the Clintons, plural, even though you don't see much of her these days, as, quote, counterculture McGovernics. <laughs> counterculture McGovernics. Plus, um, he referred, according to the Post, to those folks who work for the Clintons as left-wing elitists. Mr. Gingrich is angry. He is being portrayed uh, by the left-wing press as a right-wing bomb thrower. And he said he's been trying to be good lately, and uh, the Washington Post uh, has uh, quoted him, he said, out of context. To me, it sounds like something... Gingrich did say, and I don't think he ought to shrink from it. They are counterculture McGovernics. They are left-wing elitists in the White House. Why apologize for that? Why would people like Newt Gingrich, admittedly a bomb thrower, political bomb thrower, why would he want to change what has propelled him as far as he has gone now? If he becomes a wimp, then he'll just be like the rest of them. Which, by the way, on some subjects he is anyway. There is a new NBC Wall Street Journal poll, um, um, actually, that asks a number of questions, and I think you'll find it pretty bad news for the press. Uh, question one was, who should take the lead nationally in policy making, President Clinton or Congress? 
What do you think the answer to that was? 55% of the people responding said Congress. 30% of the people responding, not 43%, by the way, 30% said President Clinton should take the lead. Now, 56% of the people responding say the reason they elected Republicans to the, um, uh, to the House and Senate is because of their pledge, get this, to cut taxes and welfare payments. All of this is really, really bad news for the president. The, by the way, the siege of the tobacco company executives and the tobacco companies uh, by, um, uh, by good old Henry Waxman is now history. The new chairman, Bliley, uh, says he's going to end all this nonsense. Uh, Henry Waxman says it's a terrible blow uh, to the health of the American people. He was chairman, I say was, past tense, of the House Subcommittee on Health. Bliley is the new chairman. The tobacco investigations and uh, summoning and grueling will end. As for the president, he's off to Asia, getting out of the country. Uh, listen to this now. Um, here's the way NBC put it. Quote, following the Tuesday election, which according to NBC brought him such despair. Uh, the president uh, was in despair. Now, we're all curious what the president is going to do now. Will his agenda change? Again, back to the NBC poll for a second. 62% of the people responding say they want real change. A real change in the way the president is leading the country. Mr. Clinton has never been lower. There is a late NBC poll on a preference between Bill Clinton and Bob Dole. And if the election were held today, Mr. Clinton would get 39%. And for the first time, Bob Dole would get 45%. So, in other words, Bob Dole would uh, uh, beat the pants off the uh, pasty thighs of Mr. Clinton uh, in an election held today. Andrew Kohut of the Times Mirror Center said, quote, It means the public didn't like his performance in the first two years. It means they feel Washington needs a very big shakeup. End quote. Uh, the American public didn't much like what uh, Mr. Clinton did on the first couple of years, and they want a real shakeup. So that is why they have done what they've done. But get this, ladies and gentlemen, even today, after saying he got the message, after looking like he swallowed a frog, Mr. Clinton launched into a long, a somewhat uh, rambling defense of his agenda. In other words, on the one hand, he said, oh, I get the message. Uh, but on the other hand, I'm sorry, um, he, he did nothing but uh, defend right down the line every single item on his agenda. So I think we can fairly ask, does he really get it? And I think the answer is, no, he really doesn't. I thought he might come out uh, conciliatory, ready to embrace the Republicans, at least to some degree. But it's clear that he's not going to do that. 
He's going to try and stick to his agenda. And if he does that, there's going to be blood, political blood, on the floor. And Mr. Clinton's going to be a lame duck. Nothing's going to get done for two years. He will, uh, the Congress will propose. He will veto. He will propose. The Congress will dispose. In other words, gridlock, nothing's going to happen. And in two years, he's going to be political history. Enough time to get the numbers out here. A couple of more items. Uh, that we'll do the bottom of the hour break and then uh, start two-way talk. First-time callers to the program can call at area code 702-727-1222. The wild card line callers, area code 702-727-1295. 702-727-1295. And finally... If you're east of the great Rocky Mountains anywhere, the number is 1-800-618-8255. That's 1-800-618-8255. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 10th, 1994. Welcome back to the program. I am Art Bell and um, in a little pain this morning, but I have good drugs if I need them. That would make an interesting show, wouldn't it? <laughs> Dennis give great drugs. Uh, volunteer work. Uh, volunteer work. Not a great subject, you'd think, but it really is. More and more high schools around the country are requiring volunteer work. That's right, requiring, mandating that you volunteer before you graduate. You've got to have 40 hours of community service. 17-year-old Daniel may not graduate. He is refusing to volunteer. His attorney says the requirement to volunteer violates the 13th Amendment, a ban on slavery. He's actually going to run it on this issue. He says it's slavery. Now, the school, in court, defended the requirement uh, to volunteer by saying, quote, we are teaching citizenship in an activist way, end quote. That is the defense. About, this is not a trivial issue, about a third of all schools across the country will have mandatory volunteerism, which is a stupid phrase anyway, by next year. And I think it's a good thing that students work in the community. It is a good thing. But um, I don't think they ought to call it, for one thing, they shouldn't call it mandatory volunteerism. I guess it has to be because it is community service. So, uh, but, but you cannot have mandatory volunteerism. <laughs> I don't think so. Do you think that program, that students should have to do that? Uh, as a matter of, and if you don't, you don't graduate. Volunteer or else. Do you endorse that? Good a program as it is. Uh, what do you think about making it mandatory? 
and I've got a bunch of different faxes that are about like this. It happened again tonight. A few times earlier this evening, we had two or three of those silent sonic waves pass through the San Diego area. Windows shaking violently, no accompanying audible booms or earthquakes. What in the world is the military or is it the aliens up to? Ooh, that's a good question. I've got um, a number of, well, here's another one. Art, there have been numerous reports of windows rattling all over San Diego County twice this evening. I experienced one episode where earthquake-type shaking of my second story went on for nearly 15 seconds. About 15 to uh, 10 to 20 minutes, I wasn't paying attention before the stronger shaker occurred. I saw what appeared to be two sets of lights laid out in triangles converging. It appeared like two sets of lights on large jets going in opposite directions. Now, I'm questioning uh, if it wasn't one of those triangular airships that are mentioned on your program. <laughs> well, who knows? But uh, indeed, there are a lot of shaking um, things like that going on uh, in San Diego. Anybody have any idea? Maybe the Aurora out over the ocean somewhere? What is the Aurora? A new aircraft? Can I describe it? No. We just know it's there. One other item, and then I'll get the phones open. Teasing. Teasing. Now, there's a strange subject for talk radio, huh? Teasing. Remember when you were a kid, everybody teased everybody? I mean, you fool around with my uh, name a little bit, and you can realize uh, the names I can be called and have been called many times, both as a youngster and, by the way, also as an adult. Teasing. Teasing uh, between kids has gone on for as long as we've had kids. NBC did a big piece on it yesterday, and it is true, teasing used to lead to maybe a fist fight. These days, it leads more frequently or as frequently to gunfights. Kids bring out guns. So the schools are trying to get the teasing stopped. And I just wonder if this is the right approach uh, to stop the teasing or if we need to look at deeper behavioral problems. What do you think? All right, let's do a little two-way talk radio, shall we? On our toll-free line, you are on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Art. This is Bryce in Wichita. Hi, Bryce. Agree with you fully on Prop 187 in Texas, too, you know. Yep. I think we need it. And uh, Germany's done it, and uh, France is doing it. Well, we don't really need uh, the several states, if you'll pardon the phrase, uh, doing it on their own. This is a federal job. Exactly. Yeah. What needs to happen is the federal government needs to begin to do its job. And if 187 is held to be constitutional, I believe it's going to force the Fed's hands. Exactly. Um, here in Kansas, Art, uh, Senator Dole is very concerned about the amount of phone calls he's been getting, well, for really the past three or four months. On GAT? On GAT. Yeah. And uh, he wants to try to explain GAT to the American people, to the uh, Kansas population. Uh, maybe bring Mickey Canner here or somebody to explain it. On the pro side of GAT. Um, I do want to say this. I, I think it was a Time magazine article I was reading earlier today. GATT, if impl implemented, they claim, would bring uh, the equivalent of $1,500, put it into the wallet of every American. Well, I don't, I don't really agree with those figures, but what I really, really don't want to see, I don't think something as, as important as GATT 
should be voted on in the lame duck session. You're damn right. And uh, I think people need to really let Senator Dole know that, that we want the new Congress, the new Senate, to vote on this important issue, also to get it out of fast track. So if there are some bad things in there that we can't amend them and, you know, and, and work on it, because there's no hurry on it, we don't have to implement it till July of 95. You are correct again. Uh, the same uh, Time Magazine article I read uh, said the reason that Bill Clinton uh, is in such a hurry uh, for GATT is that the real spendable income of the average U.S. citizen uh, was reduced by something in the order of about $200 uh, this last year. And um, you see, it goes to the, the reason why I think this president is in so much trouble. They say the economy is okay. But individually, people in the country don't feel okay. And it's because, in fact, they are not okay. They're just, uh, they're barely treading water and maybe losing a little bit of ground. And that's the real truth. And uh, that's the reason that Mr. Clinton wants to hurry Gad on along. Well, I also think that Gad is, uh, is promoted by the major multinationals, and there's a lot of big money behind it pushing it. Oh, I'm sure. And, um,. You know. I'm, not, I'm not. Look, I'm not sure that all aspects of GATT are bad. They're not. Well, I'm, I'm not either. And I, but I do agree that a, it should not be considered in a one-day lame duck session. That is outrageous. They don't know what the hell they're voting on. We should get it delayed at least until the uh, the brand new Congress uh, comes. You're absolutely correct. I, I wish people would call their, their senators and their congressmen and uh, in their new ones and their old ones <laughs> and let them know that. Very good. Thanks for the call. That was a good call, too, from Wichita. On the uh, wild card line, you're on the air. Yes, good morning, Art. Uh, remember last month you asked who is the real power in Washington? Yes. And I said it was the Lord Jesus Christ, and you said that was blasphemous. Would you like to recant that now? No. You wouldn't? Absolutely not. Not after uh, whether, whether it's uh, Whether it's Democrats or Republicans, uh, to equate them... Uh, uh, with our Lord God is blasphemy, in my opinion. Well, I think he allows all these things to happen. Art, as far as uh, Clinton goes, um, I think he's going to go along with the Republicans. I think he wants to look like a great president. I don't know, I don't know how you can uh, make that out of what he said yesterday. The man gave a Fidel Castro-type rambling speech defending his agenda, uh, on the one hand saying he's going to cooperate with Republicans, but on the other hand defending every single thing that he's wanted to do that the American people just said, we don't want to do. Art, if what's going to happen is this. He's going to see that any conciliation he makes to the Republicans is going to make his numbers go up in the polls. Once he sees that... This guy, or excuse me, the president, is going to jump all over that. All he wants, in my opinion, is to save his own hide. Well, you are predicting behavior that he is not exhibiting. Oh, but wait. But the wait. polls haven't reflected. He hasn't worked with any Republicans yet. Wait, for example, if a line item veto goes through, yeah. what, he'll look at the poll numbers Forget it. I think he'll drop the Democrats because he wants to make himself... Well, he did, look, he did make one, uh, thank you for the call, very snide remark yesterday. Uh, he suggested that with the current makeup of Congress, the, um, uh, the idea of term limits, which uh, are mainly forwarded uh, by Republicans, according to the President, beginning to look better and better to him every day. <laughs> 
You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 10th, 1994. Toll-free line, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello, Art. Yes, hello. Anthony, Mr. Friday Night from St. Louis. Hello there. It's not Friday, but I, I'm off tomorrow from school. Well, congratulations. Uh, speaking of school, yes. I am required to do community service hours oh, to graduate. You, you, how many? Um, Six-year year for four years for a oh. grand total of 240. 240, yeah? Yeah. Uh, and, um, and do they call it uh, mandatory uh, well, um, volunteerism? Well, they call it... Com- they call it required community service. Yeah, I understand. Required, so, uh, that's, that's a, mandatory, a, that is a requirement that you volunteer. No, it's a requirement that you perform service. They squeal out of it by using... Um, yes, but this, uh, this, sir, is not paid service. Therefore, it is, uh, it is uh, volunteerism. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I haven't formed yes. an opinion either way. But I want to talk about the revolution that happened um, Tuesday. All right. Um, I want to say, first of all, I think the funniest thing out of it, that Sonny Bono is part of this revolution. Yeah, that's I true. can just imagine on January 4th they all get sworn in, and they'll be singing, I got you, babe, at the inauguration party. Well, that's cute, but Sonny Bono's okay. You know he's all right. I wonder what Cher thinks of this, huh? I mean, Sonny's now uh, pretty successful, right? Sonny's going to Congress. He's pretty successful. I haven't heard from Cher lately, have you? So, um, reversal of fortunes, eh? On the first-time caller line, your aunt call us toll-free at 1-800-618-8255. No, Tim, uh, we don't allow people to use last names on the air, partner. Oh, I'm sorry. So let's try it all over again. Uh, just simply say this is Tim from Medford, Oregon. This is Tim. I'm in Medford, Oregon. All right, Tim. I'd just like to make a couple stom- uh, comments, and then I'll get off the line here. All right, go, go ahead. First of all, I'd like to talk about that measure 187 in California. Mm-hmm. I do support the issue, and I think that the majority of the people that have put that initiative on the ballot are right in tune with the... Uh, a lot of other people in the United States, we all feel the same. You bet. However, I do have a lot of concerns. Living in Oregon, I think, you know, since this thing passed, people in Arizona, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, yes, we may reap some of the people coming up this way. Fallout, yes. Uh, the fallout. Once, once they don't receive the benefits, they'll go to other places. Okay, well, see, that's what I've been trying to say all along. It was inevitable. Other states are going to now begin to move on it. It is not the job of the states. The only reason this is happening is because the idiot feds aren't doing their job. Absolutely. And I, I, I think in two years from now, Oregon will probably have the same measure on our ballot. Well, I hope it doesn't have to come to that. Well, here's another concern I have. I mean, if it gets to the point where the states have got to do their own um, uh, international border crossing policing, then what do we need the feds for at all? That's true. Well, well here's another issue. Currently, all these illegal aliens... And people, you know, all the children are in school, eight hours a day. At least they're kind of, like, monitored. We know what they're doing. You take these kids, you put them on the street, you say, you can't go to school any longer. What are these kids going to do? Well, see, you're missing the point, sir. Uh, They shouldn't just come out of school. 
they ought to go back home. So that it, it should it, now listen to me. It should be Tijuana that should be worrying about what they're going to be doing, not San Diego. You follow me? I do understand that. All, what I'm all right. Is, I, I think it's a, it's a great prop, and I, I support it 100%. But do you think the government is actually going to take these people and deport them back? I don't think we have the manpower, the money, the resources. <laughs> and I think we... Really? Uh, all right, all right, thank you. Look, uh, we don't have the money, the manpower, the resources. Uh, right now, having them here is costing three, upwards of $4 billion. So what are you talking about? We don't have the resources. Uh, if we took half a billion dollars and put it into border enforcement, into uh, ejecting those who are not here legally, half a billion, I say, we would end up saving, uh, conservatively, $3 billion. So I don't know what you're talking about. What we can't afford is to let it continue the way it's going right now. That's what we can't afford. On the first-time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hey, Art, this is Dave calling from uh, Portland, Oregon. Listen Hello. On 1190KEX. That's the way to do it, Dave. Hey, uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about that sonic boom thing you were talking about earlier. What do you think it is? Hey, uh, yeah, I was wondering if you were familiar with uh, the soft kill technology. Soft kill. Yeah, it's a new thing that the military is developing. <clears throat> Wait, by that, do you mean uh, the next generation of laser weapons, that sort of thing? Um, yeah, sort of. They, laser weapons are like one of the uses of them. They like use like lasers to like blind the enemy, yeah, or, or yeah. things like that. Like they got like the sticky yes. foam stuff yep. that they use to immobilize tanks and yep. jeeps and people. Yes. They also have this subsonic thing that they use with sound frequencies. You think they're testing this out on San Diego? Um, I think they're, they're probably testing it out in the near vicinity, yeah. Mm. Because they're trying to develop, I was reading in Popular Science, they're trying to develop how to deliver it in, in a safe way for the troops to be able to use it. Interesting. Well, I don't know what to say to that. It might be. It's as good a theory as anybody else's. Yeah, it's a good article in Popular Science. I'm not sure which issue it is. But I also wanted to say hi to the Bronx brother. He's down in San Diego on vacation. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hopefully he's listening. Bronx brother, good morning. So you're not supposed to do those things, really, but, of course, they just sort of uh, they just sort of slip out. On the wild card line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. Calling from San Diego. San Diego, a uh, land of the... I was going to say soft kill. About Clinton. Yes. I agree with you that he's now the same as a lame duck. And I also believe that he's going to be coming under intense investigation for Watergate and probably many other things. It is true. And he's going to be rendered really... Not Watergate. They'll let that one go with Nixon. Whitewater. Yes, thank you. Everybody gets that confused. What I'm thinking is I'd like to kind of pose a question for the audience and for you is um, should Clinton, for the good of the country, should he offer his resignation? Ooh. Um, that is, um, all right, thank you. That is actually a pretty interesting question. Do you think this last election, along with the post-election surveys that show it was indeed in effect, a referendum on the Clinton administration. Uh, since we don't have um, a votes of confidence in our system in this country, and we don't, we don't have them, he's entitled to stay in office for a couple of more years. 
But, in effect, since this election has been shown to be such a referendum on the work of Mr. Clinton, do you think that he should resign? That he should offer to resign now? Now, bear in mind, if he does resign, that's going to mean we get the guy who looks like he's got a board strapped to his butt, uh, the vice president, and straight up his back. I've never seen anybody sits at attention the way the vice president does. Al Gore would be uh, president. How many of you think the president ought to resign? On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, hi, Art. This is John from Kansas City. Hi, John. What's going on? Oh, nothing much. <clears throat> What's on your mind? Well, um, one thing, uh, I can't wait till your program tomorrow night because uh, it kind of ties in what I'm going to do when I go into the Army. Uh, I'm going to be a chemical operations specialist. Oh, you're going to design new killer biological agents, eh, John? Oh, no. It's just There's a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, in Test Mountain, Kansas City. No, um, part of my job is to, um, that part would be in containment, to make sure that those weapons were ever used, make sure the troops survived. Well, that's what they fight. tell you, John, but I've seen the movies, John, and you're <laughs> always working on biological killer stuff. Oh, oh, well, maybe I'll just, oh, I can, maybe I can come over to your place and show you some of the stuff I was working on. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, bring over a little briefcase full of test tubes with uh, orange and green sticky liquid. Oh, yeah, and that would make a good show. Great, great, John. All right, and just one on thing, you know, it's like this 187 <laughs> business. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, talking about like um, health, um, this is this one thing is it kind of concerns me about this proposition. I agree with it totally. What concerns you, John? Well, it's the um, health aspect of it. Is like in Los Angeles County, not very many people know it, but you know, for the past fourteen years, that the um, LA County Health has been trying to keep a cap on a major um, tuberculosis outbreak. Oh yes. Oh, I, I can see. All right, John. Thank you. I can see you're going to be looking forward to my show tomorrow night. Yeah, that really ought to be good. It's going to be on new uh, diseases, new and awful diseases. What might be coming? Uh, there was a CDC press conference uh, not long ago, and they said, uh, for whatever reason that they believe it, that major new and terrible diseases are coming. Uh, some people charge it is from the over-prescribing uh, of uh, antibiotics and other drugs that these little bugs are now beginning uh, to learn to get around. And uh, certain strains uh, are beginning to come out now, pretty scary stuff, that are resistant to any form of cure that we have. There was a recent thing in India about the plague and how resistant it was. There's all kinds of pretty awful things on the horizon, and we're going to talk about all of that tomorrow morning. And it sounds right down John's alley. So he's going to go into the military and hopes to work with biological agents. Oh, it's the American dream. We'll be back. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up. Networks presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 10th, 1994.
Good morning. Remember that toll-free line at this hour and uh, for the next two hours is uh, restricted for people east of the Rockies. Then it opens for everybody. That number is 1-800-618-8255. All right. Uh, we're talking about a number of things uh, this morning. 187. And uh, whether or not you think it is constitutional. If you think it is constitutional, then don't be afraid of a court test. Let it be. It is the federal government's job to uh, enforce our borders and our immigration policies. Uh, let me repeat that. Read my lips. It is the federal government's policy of uh, uh, responsibility to enforce uh, our border and our immigration rules and regulations and laws. And if 187 is ruled to be constitutional, that, in effect, is going to say the federal government is not and must do its job. And uh, that is preferable to uh, Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, Nevada, um, Washington, Oregon, all of these other states that will be affected, having to pass their own uh, laws, uh, no doubt, with a different application in each state. That's why we have a federal government to enforce policies that have to do with international borders and that kind of thing, so we don't have to have the various states or the several states doing it. And, uh, and as I also said, in Texas, where it was ruled they must educate illegal aliens under the Equal Protection Clause, that was only because the, uh, uh, the people who uh, were seeking to uh, have them tossed out did not show harm. In California, there's all kinds of harm to be shown. I believe it is constitutional and will pass and should. And when I, I say pass, I mean the legal test, which it inevitably is going to get. On the subject of President uh, Clinton, yesterday I was wondering whether he was going to be conciliatory or whether the president was going to continue to uh, doggedly pursue his own agenda. Well, there are all kinds of surveys out this morning that show the American people indeed voted on Tuesday as a referendum on the Clinton administration. And President Clinton yesterday came out and showed his true colors. He defended in sort of a long, rambling, Fidel Castro-style address, and only in the sense, I'm not likening him uh, to Fidel in any way, except the long, rambling kind of defense of his policies that Fidel does that President uh, Clinton did yesterday. Long, rambling. I don't think we, uh, I think we were on the right track, he said. Um, he doesn't see anything wrong with what he was doing. In other words, he didn't get the message. Didn't get the message. So we're talking about that a little bit. Uh, some shakers down in San Diego. Um, just all kinds of things. Don't forget, uh, Lindsay Williams will be here tomorrow morning. Is it Williams? Boy, I hope it is. Uh, Lindsay Williams, yes. And he'll be talking about new diseases. We're going to fire that one up at 11 o'clock Pacific time. Should be uh, fascinating. Here is a fax from Ralph in Tacoma. In President Clinton's speech, he stated he is going on with his agenda, and he's against undoing what has been passed already. By the way, says Ralph, this is done on my new Sanyo fax machine. I love it. Hmm. And then this to Art. For some time, I was very much afraid the Washington liberals would be successful in shutting the nation's talk show hosts up. That time, hopefully, is now deferred, but we must exercise eternal vigilance, lest it uh, threaten to occur again. I agree with that. With the uh, Republicans in place, talk radio is now safe. Thank goodness.
On the wild card line, you're on the air. Oh, thank you for answering my call. I can barely hear you, sir, so you're going to have to speak up for us. Yes, good evening, Art. Yes, good evening. Yes, I'd like to make a couple of comments. First of all, I really enjoy listening to all of the different callers and from all of the different parts of the United States. It's really a thrill to hear our fellow Americans. Yes, it is. Uh, it's nice to be able to tap into a full national audience and uh, get all the varied opinion that is out there. Where are you, by the way? I'm calling from Santa Barbara, California. Okay, QSB country, yes. Yeah, Santa Barbecue, we call it. <laughs> um, anyway, I declare November 8th the new Mexican Independence Day here in Santa Barbara. Really? Well, so to speak. So to speak. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'd like to make a comment here. I think the elections are really uh, a big statement on on uh, responsibility and accountability with our government. Well, somebody called in just before the news with what I thought was a rather provocative question. They said, look, this is indeed a was a referendum on the president's job, and the the uh, the grade is a failing grade on the first two years. While we don't have votes of confidence in this country, and the president is entitled to stay in office for two more years, uh, the caller asked, "Should he be asked to resign?" Well, that's not. I think that there's a whole lot of people that would agree there, and that's not a bad idea at all. Except for the fact that what you're left with is probably worse than what you got now. If we ended up with Al Gore in office, mm. it would be a, a big blunder. All right, thank you very much. It might be, um, because once again, the hope of a new agenda, a new way of doing things, uh, would be held out to us, wouldn't it? In other words, uh, if all of that occurred, Al Gore would come along, and all of a sudden, why, we're going to be doing this in a whole new way, and it would be just one more way of introducing the same old thing uh, while you advertise it as the new way. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 10th, 1994. On the toll-free line, you are on the air. Good morning. Hello there. No, you're not. On the wild card line, you are on the air. Top of the morning. Hi, Art. KOH up in Reno. Yes, sir. Uh, first of all, two points. One is, as far as the uh, new diseases coming along, like uh, the tuberculosis, which is a highly contagious disease. Yes. By either sneezing or even talking to somebody. That's right. Uh, the people in the third world countries take prescription drugs uh, without any uh, merit uh, and without uh, any deliberation. They take it for almost anything, so they do breed the stronger strains of tuberculosis over there. It is true. The uh, second point on GATT is that one important thing that nobody's pointed out, and I think it's a well-kept secret, after GATT goes through, all of the other third-world countries will have the same voting power as we do. Well, that's what the one I've been uh, bitching about now so, uh, for weeks. But the plan, and I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. The plan would be that a multinational company with a few million dollars, 15 or 20 million, could bribe any number of public officials, one or two in each head of the country, and vote against us to further deplete our patent protection and our resources. And that could be done very easily. Well, 
Of course, I guess you could argue uh, that the United States, along with the other industrialized nations, being the richest, would have much more bribery money. <laughs> so we could bribe people better. But, but you know, the whole idea, I understand exactly what you're saying, and I do object basically to the tenet that any third world nation would be given the same vote that we have in matters of uh, economic world trade. That's asinine. And, and the important thing is the loss of the, the, the patent protection would be drastically reduced. Yes, I understand. All right, thank you very much for the call. Uh, it could conceivably occur indeed. And uh, patents held by uh, U.S. corporations could suddenly be legally uh, uh, taken by uh, corporations elsewhere. I know that's absolutely true, uh, and it's something to be concerned about. But again, this voting power is the thing that gets me. It is ceding our sovereignty, and I'm unwilling to do it. On the uh, toll-free line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, this is Brian from Springfield, Illinois. How are you doing there, Brian? Good. And I think one reason why Bill Clinton's worried is mainly because the Whitewater hearings that may come up in the next Congress. Well, that is surely not, not because they may. They are going to. I assure you, Al D'Amato is going to begin issuing subpoenas, and uh, they're going to begin doing to the Clinton administration what the Clinton administration, uh, with Henry Waxman's help, was trying to do to the tobacco industry. And they said the tobacco hearings are going to stop. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. And um, what, you talk about a political sea change. Man, I, I've, I've never seen a political sea change like this since... Um, well, that makes two of us, partner. I've never seen it. I've, I cannot remember the time when we had the House and Senate. I was a little bitty baby. I was, my dad was alive back then, but I wouldn't. My dad was, um, he's 57 right now. Well, then you can say this is a good time to be alive, isn't it? Yes, it is. All right, thank you. The question is, what is Mr. Clinton going to do? And uh, I think the answer is now apparent. He's not giving up his agenda. It's like he pouted for a day or was in shock for a day. And now he's right back, talking that talk, the same talk, same ideas, no change. Should he, in your opinion, be asked to resign? Hmm. Nobody can force that. Uh, but, um, of course, uh, major newspapers can begin to write editorials. People can begin to suggest it, as I have, or as a caller did, and I'm now forwarding. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hi. On the first-time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi there, Art. Yes. This is the Schmooze in Phoenix. Schmooze, huh? Hi. Well, I used to be with the blues band, and everybody gets a name. Uh, I got you. I'm doing okay. You're going to be on WJTN. Uh, WJTN in um, in New York? Jamestown. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. I've been trying for weeks to get through to you, and tonight I get through. I used to be their Pennsylvania sales rep. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> good people there. Yeah, we're going to start there uh, next week. I have a uh, nominee for the most inept political consultant of the last campaign. And and that would be? Well, I don't know the name. Oh, but, I see. Uh, I assume you being a neighbor here know uh, what the politics are kind of like here in Arizona regarding gun control. Well, uh, I believe Arizona passed um, a concealed uh, dealie We have a concealed it? carry law here, yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, we're definitely a uh, gun... Uh, toting state, a uh, political consultant for the Karen English and Sam Coppersmith campaign brought in Sarah Brady. 
Okay. You can imagine how that went over. Well, I guess in Arizona, like a lead balloon. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, great show. Enjoy it a lot, and uh, good luck on JTN. Okay, thank you. you uh, yeah, it's Jamestown, New York. Yeah, that'll be fun. And I, that's right. I understand they uh, uh, they've got uh, they've got quite a signal. And there are um, uh, there's another uh, New York affiliate coming. There's one in Liberal Kansas coming. All of this uh, all of this next week as we continue uh, to expand and. We may soon be picking up a powerhouse 50,000 water uh, in the middle of the country, and I can tell you we are picking up one in the north-central part of the country, but I can't uh, go any further into it right now. Secrets. They make me keep secrets. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, hey, Art. This is Dale from uh, Alabama. Hello, Dale. How's uh, What part of Alabama? Uh, Auburn. Auburn. Welcome yeah, to the show. Richard Shelby country. You bet. Um, I was wondering if uh, you think there's a chance that this ridiculous gun ban is going to be repealed. Um, what I think, yeah, I'll tell you what I think might happen. Uh, what, or no, maybe I ought to tell you what I think I, I hope is going to happen. And that is, the uh, Republicans are saying they're going to forward a new piece of cl uh, crime legislation, mm -hmm. real crime legislation, and uh, in that uh, they will take hard steps against criminals and at the same time, repeal the stupid uh, gun ban. So th there is a hope that they will do that. Now, what Mr. Clinton will do when he gets that on his desk is another question. Yeah, I know, I know the press is really going to demagogue this like crazy. Of course they are. You know, but these, these are semi-automatic rifles that have been legal for over 100 years. I mean, Teddy Roosevelt hunted with one in 1910. Did you uh, hear the survey I read uh, in the first hour? It... It said, it asked the American people, who should be making policy right now? High-level policy in this country, Congress or the President? 55% uh, of the people uh, responded, uh, Congress. Only 30% of the people said the President. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good news. So, who, you know, if the President begins to veto these measures, who's going to be accused of gridlock? Yeah. Yeah. So do you think there's a chance that they can override his, uh, these vetoes? Uh, that would be a closer call, and my feeling would be many times not. Uh, many times they would not override. Well, he, he wants to use the Harry Truman approach in 1996, and I think it's going to be very difficult for him to do so. All right, thank it's you. I, I'm calling what he's doing now the Fidel Castro approach. Long, rambling... Um, barely coherent, in my opinion, uh, defenses of indefensible policies. Uh, that's what he did yesterday. It was a very, very poor answer to what all of you told the president on Tuesday. It just um, it doesn't make sense. And I told you to be cautious when he came out and said he got the message. This is a president that can really talk that talk. Uh, but yesterday, uh, after reflection, it was obvious... He didn't get the message. So we circle now back to the question about whether you think he ought to be asked to resign. Can't force it. You can call for it in editorials. You can call for it on talk shows. You can discuss it, but you can't force it. Uh, because we do not have, uh, in this country, uh, votes of confidence as they do in England. Maybe we ought to. On the first-time caller line, you're on the air. Hello there. Hello, this is uh, 
Ralph in KEX country. Hello, Ralph. Yeah. First of all, I just want to make a comment about uh, should the president resign or not. Yes. Uh, first of all, I don't think so, because I don't really care for Al Gore. Well, I guess that's going to be a lot of... Uh... A lot of people's, uh, a lot of people are going to answer that way. Well, the only, th the only thing, uh, if he resigns, he should have to take Al Gore with him. <laughs> well, now we are rewriting the Constitution. Yeah, you know that's that's that'd be my only comment about that. Other okay. than that, uh, as far as you know, uh, you were talking about the uh, Republicans writing the new crime bill. Uh, yes. I think the problem with the first crime bill was the fact it does nothing to really deter crime because it doesn't face the behavioral problem. So therefore, that's what they're really going to have to address. If they want to. And how would you write legislation that would address the behavioral problem? Well, first of all, you know, you'd have to write a 30, I think, a $30 billion uh, bill to uh, create jobs in this country, to create a better, you know, to help educational systems in this country. Well, see, that sounds like what the Democrats were doing. You know, uh, instead of uh, prisons and punishment and sentences that are carried out, uh, instead of all that sort of thing, um, they wanted midnight basketball programs. Yeah, but, well, yeah, but the Democrats didn't get it done. Either, so, you know. Oh well, uh, excuse me. Uh, yes, they did, sir. It's in the uh, it's in the crime bill now. Uh, believe me, uh, we've got midnight basketball and such. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi, Hi Art, calling up uh, from in. Uh, Canada, Edmonton, Alberta. Edmonton, yes, sir. In, in uh, the dead of winter, we still get KGA from Spokane. Well, as a matter of fact, in the dead of winter, you're going to get it better and better and better. Atmospheric conditions, eh? Oh, well, they improve. You know, the sun goes down earlier, comes yeah. up later. Yep. Uh, atmospherics uh, tend to get better uh, with less static in the winter time, so you'll hear it even better. That's great. Anyways, with uh, Republican uh, control of the Congress, is that going to be conducive to uh, stricter border enforcement? I would certainly say that's a definite possibility, yes. Would uh, Who do you think would be more in tune to this philosophical principle, Ross Perot or the Republicans? Ross Perot. The, the Ross principle Perot. being this. Ross Perot. Uh, well, we, we don't need to talk about it. Ross Perot, no question about it. Well, would you agree with this, that no one has the absolute right to reside in another country? They just simply must prove they deserve the privilege of living there. Of course. That's great. Anyways, uh, a couple of other things. Uh, regarding the Pope's predictions for the year 2000, you yes. read about a year or two ago. Yes. Uh, is the clock ticking? What was the date? 1996 or something? I think it was uh, was 1995. Really? Yeah. Well, that's, that's sooner than I thought. Um, are, I'd like to ask you about the openness of the media. Okay. Now compared to, say, the three previous decades. like uh, I remember two distinct guests you've had on, John Lear and Linda Thompson. Right. I think they kind of disagree a bit in terms of the development of uh, free flow of information to the public. Is the restatement of the Roswell incident by the Air Force evidence of more of, of a more open era? <laughs> um, well, it depends on how you look at the statement. Thank you. I've got to run. Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Um, uh, you could state it that way if you believe that what they said was true. But, I mean, come on, look at what they said. They said, look, the old story about a balloon was a lie. We admit we lied. Here's the new story. It was a balloon. So I guess it depends on how you feel about the story. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time.
take you back to the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time. This, ladies and gentlemen, is freedom of speech. It is the purest form. This is unscreened talk radio. We just take the next call coming up. May it be you. Here's a fax. Art, I am so happy that you are happy. There for a while, I thought you Republicans were all going to jump off a cliff from depression. I am happy, too, for the Republicans that they can run things their way or start trying. I doubt they'll get anywhere. And then the next paragraph, through the years, I have noticed that, get this, every Republican I know is thoughtless, selfish, self-centered, could care less about their fellow man, and almost kill themselves trying to get rich. But hey, what the heck, huh? I feel bad we lost control. But I also think we are about to get bigger problems. You guys just don't have enough heart. I hope to God you prove me wrong. If so, or if not, maybe a UFO will come and rescue you Republicans and take you somewhere that you belong and leave us kind-hearted people here, read liberals, uh, on Earth. And we'll have a great old time taking care of each other. Ha ha. <laughs> uh, hmm. That's quite an indictment, isn't it? And this is... Who is this from? Uh, he doesn't sign it, I guess. Or Waldo. I don't know when the term lame duck was coined, but I do know that it is a bit archaic. Perhaps we need a new term for the new millennium. And who better to personify the term? I propose the new term for lame duck ought to be virtual Clinton. <laughs> and I don't know if that's the one. But I do agree, perhaps a... In fact, uh, where did lame duck come from? Does anybody know? Does it mean a duck that has gone lame? And why Why has the... Why do we have that term? I've, I've, there's a lot of uh, terms that, I, that we have that we use in the English language that would be really hard to explain to somebody trying to learn the language. In other words, what it means or why it means what it means probably be very confusing, cause them to say, I don't like English. On the wild card line, you're, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, good morning, Art. This is Rob in Waikiki. Yes, hi, Rob. How's Waikiki? Oh, well, we're doing okay, though we didn't get the same turnover in uh, politics as you did in the mainland. Well, not quite, but, um, I'm you know, I, I guess you had some close elections, and at least you had the spirit of change. Oh, yeah, we had a it's huge amount of people uh, went ahead and... Uh, turned out to vote. Yep, that's what that's what it's all about. I tell you one thing. I, I just like to, you know, hope that America can get it together with the politicians. You know, I, I was kind of saddened to see so many, um, so many of the incumbent politicians returning. I wanted to see them all cleared out and just. I don't care if they're Republican or Democratic, care less. You're a real purist, huh? Well, well look, yeah, enough well, were you know, enough were cleared out, sir, so that there is absolutely no question uh, about the message that went to Washington. It's not all of them, but the message was clear. Oh yeah, I, I it's it's I just want to see them get it together. And Newt Gingrich, you know, I yeah that gee whiz, man, I, I I'd kind of hope that we'd send a man into his position, but he's calling. Calling people names, I think he's got the wrong attitude for a, a position of power right now. He needs to focus in, get strength, and and uh, focus on his agenda and go for it. Yeah, well, I, I feel differently about it, uh, at least as far as his temperament is concerned. I actually like that. 
Um, I actually like a little bomb throwing, and God knows Washington needs a few bombs thrown at it, uh, and so does this president. So I, I don't have a problem with it. I understand that as Speaker of the House, he's going to have to mellow out a little bit, but I'm sorry. I kind of like it. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I can understand. You guys, uh, I know you're a Republican. you got to be stoked. I would be, too. Um, actually, I don't, I don't like to take any sides on that. I just want, I want a good American man. So somehow, I, I, American somehow, sir, I have more of the feeling that instead of seeing us stoked, you'd like to see us stuffed. Huh? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm happy for the Republicans. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but good, good, good going, good shot. Yeah. Do your best. Uh -huh. I just like to wish those guys the best luck, man. Mm -hmm. Please do do some good for our nation. All right, sir. Thank, thank you very much. Uh, uh, somehow I, I read all that a little differently. Hey, I'm really stoked for you Republicans. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I think stuffed was closer to the word he was wishing he could reach for. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Good morning. How you doing, Art? This is Raymond in San Antonio. Hi, Raymond. How's San Antonio this morning? So how are you doing this morning? Is there an echo here? Um, I'm doing, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> well, we're happy we got ourselves a new governor. Well, you sure do, and he looks just like the ex-president. <laughs> man, oh man, does he look like George Bush. Well, uh, our outgoing governor was very gracious, and uh, uh, she says that she's getting out of politics, but i got a feeling she's going to be back in 96. I really do. Well, probably. She looks like one of those people who thrives, you know, as a real political animal. Well, the reason I call it is that I wanted to let all the gun owners out there, particularly out there in California, know that the, the Senate race out there between Dianne Feinstein and Huffington is not over yet. That's right. It's the, not over yet. There are about 600,000 uh, mail-in ballots uh, still to be counted. And they're not going to be counted till Monday. So it still can go either way. Man, wouldn't that be a surprise? I mean, if, if Dianne Frankenstein gets... gets uh, you know, when they give her the news, if, if that were to happen when they give her the news, I would like to have a snapshot of her face <laughs> that I could frame... <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I would too. Uh, I'll be for, uh, before I let you go. Is that I also heard something about? I, I know it's beating a dead horse, but it's about the Susan Smith uh, case. Oh yes. And I heard this on another talk show on the Ken Hamblin show. Yes. And they they had said uh, Mr. Hamblin had said that uh, that when the divers had pulled the car out and they had opened the door. And they saw the, the two kids, and this is what really got me upset. They were holding hands. Oh God! And I'll be I'll be perfectly honest with you. Uh, if they give her if if they give her the chair, it's just desserts. But if they give her life, I want to make sure that it's without parole. Thanks for the call. I again I read the Time article on uh, Susan Smith yesterday, and whoever wrote uh, the article, I can't recall who it was, uh, began it by. Uh, saying, I can only hope that when those children hit the water, they have been asleep. That they uh, did not uh, feel that car going down the gravel road, approaching the lake, seeing their mother jump out and feel themselves hit the water. We know they were alive uh, when they hit the water. We don't know whether they were awake. And I, I that was kind of an editorial comment, but uh, universally felt, I'm sure. I hope that's true, too. It's such an awful case. I actually can't think about it. It depresses me um, too much to think about this Smith thing. 
nothing, uh, well, I'll tell you, in, in about nine years of doing this program, nothing ever hit me that hard. And uh, it comes right back when I begin thinking about it. On the wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah. Um, let's see. Where where to begin? Yeah, um, at the beginning. Well, you can never begin at the beginning because the last thing that happened is always the most immediate thing. Well, let's begin with Adam and Eve and get to President Clinton as quickly as we can. Can I do that in three minutes? I don't know. Probably not, <laughs> especially since there might not be any relation. Yeah. Um, anyhow, <laughs> never mind. Um, Is this Newt Gingrich? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just another mind-numbed rope. <laughs> anyhow, would you agree with the premise that the United States were not 50 originally, but are now 50 separate social laboratories? <laughs> Well, un under under Bill Clinton, we were one. Well, yeah, that's my problem. Something like a social system, like a government, is a hugely complicated thing. Uh -huh. And no human being, no matter how smart he is, can push over that first domino and predict what's going to knock into the next thing, to knock into the next thing, to that's, finally that's what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, that's true. And when you do something big and high-handed, like, let's nationalize all the health care, or mm -hmm. let's take away all the guns, mm -hmm. um, if you've taken out a vital organ, you at least want to just do it to, to California, for instance, rather than do it to the whole United States. <laughs> um, well, yes, uh, I understand exactly what you're saying, and that, sir, goes right to the core of what I think the American people have rejected about Bill Clinton. Well, In other words, things are kind of rolling along um, all right. We don't want to do something that will uh, overturn the apple cart, and uh, Bill Clinton keeps looking like that's what he wants to do, and the American people, frankly, are not going for it. Yeah, so what I want to say is welcome back, gridlock. I want to see, if it, if it, in response to that guy's fact yeah, earlier, I yeah. want to see a nicely paralyzed government that can't get it together to do anything more than what is obviously and compellingly, inarguably necessary. Well said, sir. Thank you. I agree with that, if it must be. Gridlock is not something you really want, because it essentially means there's not much movement uh, one way or the other for a couple of years. But that is certainly preferable to movement in the wrong direction. So as soon as we're able to discern what President Clinton really wants and really is going to do, whether he's going to extend the hand of bipartisan cooperation... Uh, or whether he is going to continue along with his own agenda, and I'm afraid it looks like that's what he's going to do, and if it is, then that makes gridlock look good. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, hello, Art. You know about impeaching Clinton? Uh, what about it? Well, um, a guy called up and said if we impeach Clinton, Al Gore should go with him. Do you know if both of them are impeached? Well, who is next uh, in he line? said if we ask the president to resign, and he resigns, uh, that Al Gore ought to have to go with him. Um, now... Here's the way it works. Okay. If the president goes and the vice president goes, it'll be the speaker, speaker of, the of the house would Newt be president. Gingrich. So Newt Gingrich would be would be president of the United <laughs> States. But that would take um, uh, the president and Al Gore leaving, and that is not going to happen. Oh yeah. Well, I suppose I can dream. Um, yeah, and I'm really happy that I was able to take the pictures of Tom Foley and Jim Sasser off my dartboard. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to the day where I can take Clinton off as well. All right, my friend. Thank <laughs> okay, you. Bye. You know, I have been surprised at the revival of Tony Coelho. 
Uh, he has been revived as a Democrat strategist, although I must say uh, he was one of those responsible for strategy uh, prior to this election. Uh, going into this election, I saw him interviewed in a number of places, and uh, maybe Mr. Coelho's um, a revival is going to be brief indeed, because if it was his strategy, uh, well, I, I really need not say any more. On the wild card line, you're on the air. Hello? Yes, Art. Yes. Yeah, I uh, call this guy from uh, Lake County. Lake County. Yeah, well, I'm listening to you on uh, KOH in Reno. Mighty KOH, yes, sir. Yeah, I get I get it from there, and I can't get anything uh, locally here. Uh, once in a while I get it from a station close, but it fades in and out. Okay. Uh, anyhow, I just want to say that, uh, you know, I've been voting since 1948, and the other night I think I was uh, the second happiest day of my life. <laughs> when all this took about on the voting. It was a revolution, sir, it, without it, a shot being fired. It was, and that was uh, just just made me so happy. I, I think I stayed up the rest of the night watching. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and I, I uh, just wanted to tell you that uh, I think maybe, uh, well, I know that uh, you're one of the biggest reasons that uh, this has happened. Oh, that's very kind. And, and I wanted to uh, tell you how much I appreciate it. Well, I'm, I'm glad you called. Okay. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. And I hope we did have something to do with it. And I hope talk radio did um, in general. I Actually, I know it did. Talk radio did play a part in this. There is no question about it. I said it yesterday. I'm going to say it again. A perfect example is Washington State and the change that has been brought to Washington State through talk radio, through uh, KVI radio in Seattle, KGA radio in Spokane, all of our other affiliates dotted throughout uh, Washington. Talk radio in this election made a big difference without question. And I think um, if they still had the power, they would be trying to find right now a way to shut us up, and the Fairness Doctrine would again be back on the table. Fortunately, uh, they no longer control the table. <laughs> Now, we take you back to the past on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. To our toll-free line, you're on the air. Good morning. Where are you calling from, please? Chris from San Marcos, Texas. San Marcos. Uh, Boy, I tell you, Chris, we're getting more and more and more calls uh, from WOAI in San Antonio, so I, I'm beginning to think a lot of people are catching on. Yeah, we sure are. I had to, I had to pause for a minute uh, about that man's comment from San Antonio about the Smith case, but that was kind of upsetting. But the uh, reason why I called was to say, why ask Clinton to step down when we can watch him destroy his political career? Well, because uh, it may be that America's immediate future is more important than Bill Clinton's political career. Yeah, I understand that. And one last question before I let you go, and sure. that is, what do you think about Kay Bailey Hutchison? You congratulated us on our new... Um, governor? Yeah, there you go, mm -hmm. on our new governor. Yes. But uh, what do you think about Kay Bailey Hutchison? Do you think that that's nothing more than a Democrat and Republican's clothes? Well, I, I guess one comment might be we'll take them as we can get them. I, yeah, uh, <laughs> well, remember one thing. When you call this program, sir, never be afraid to say what you really think. <laughs> Thanks for the call. We'll see you later.
Uh, yes, sometimes when you ask, you shall receive. Huh? On the first-time caller line, you're on the air. Whoops, would have been. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. Hi. This is John. Hi, John. San Diego. San Diego, yes. How you doing? Land of the Sonic Super Killer. Yeah, some, uh, it was kind of uh, a roaring sound. Really mm. unusual. Roar. Uh, yeah, it sounded roar, uh, like a roar. Well, a lot of people said they felt it without hearing it. And yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah you're, we felt it here, too. And you're saying you, you heard it? Yeah. Okay. It, it was a roar. Uh, uh, a roar. Um, it, and I was waiting for a, a, a sonic boom. But maybe maybe it was somebody from the Clinton administration expressing <laughs> their, their emotions about, <laughs> about the election. <laughs> Uh, no. Oh, uh, another another news here. Um, I talked to Linda Howe this weekend. Oh, you did? Yeah. For 10 hours on the phone. 10 hours? Yeah. Who is this, Mr. Vasquez? Yeah. Oh. How are you doing? Uh, just fine. Well, um, she gave us, uh, you may have heard, did you hear Dreamland? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. Well, then you heard your report. Yes, I did. Uh-huh. Um, I sent her uh, uh, copies and documents also. Good. To her, and I hope she uh, sends you some of these documents to you. I'm sure she will. And uh, that's not all. I uh, recently contacted one of the um, persons that was with me in Delta Company. Oh, and? and? And I spoke to him for about an hour. Yes, and? And, um, well, I mentioned there, uh, about what happened there. Right, and what did he remember? Well, he remembered the staff in a CO and a colonel. However, uh, the formation, the mandatory formation, he had no knowledge of that. It seems to me he had repressed memories. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I told him what date, what time. Well, uh, I guess, there, uh, listen, I've got to run, but yeah. uh, there are going to be a lot of other people that they're going to be able to contact. And uh, I think your story ultimately is verifiable. If it is so, it, it should be absolutely verifiable. It may take a little research. They may have to uh, regress a few people uh, and free a few memories. But if it occurred, I would think that it would certainly be verifiable. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi, Art. This is Scott from Missoula, Montana. Missoula, Montana. Yes, sir. Well, you wanted to know what the uh, lame duck came from. Yeah. Where does it come from? Uh, in 1933, they passed the 20th Amendment, and it was called the Lame Duck Amendment. And what it did was uh, get rid of, uh, or get made it so that the uh, president uh, was no longer in office after uh, the 20th of January. Oh, oh, I see. But wh what I mean is, where where does the uh, expression actually derive from? Why lame? Duck. Why lame duck? That's right. That I wouldn't know. <laughs> I mean, does it actually refer to a duck limping along? <laughs> Possibly. And, um, I mean, ducks, after all, spend a lot of time in the water. I, You know, so it, 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 being a little gimpy on one, I, I don't know. I'm just curious about the expression itself, and obviously there's going to be no answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much for the call, and good morning. On the wild card line, you're on the air. Well, good morning, Art. Hello. Uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what's been going on here in Spokane. Oh, uh, fireworks, I would say, eh? <laughs> just about. <laughs> We're really pleased, of course. 
And you know, there have been so many, there's so many things that have been going on here in Spokane that are, are responsible for what's happened here. And we're really thankful for all of the help that we've gotten. A local group sprouted up called Defoliate Congress. That's right. That's right. Um, and without them, none of this would be possible here. Well, and the word was spread basically through talk radio at other That's grassroots right. levels as well. But talk That's radio, I'll tell you what, really, uh, no wonder they uh, were thinking about coming after us. It really has begun yes. to have an effect. Yes, and the NRA was helpful. There were there were many other groups, the Christian Coalition, the uh, Citizens Taxpayers Alliance, um, and, of course, as you say, talk radio. One of our local uh, hosts here, Todd Herman, who you've had on your show. Yeah, oh, yes. Actually, uh, on his program, a group sprouted up, and every single weekend from that time on till the election had a rally at the Northtown Mall. 10.30 every morning, every Saturday morning, they'd be out there with their signs. Well, this proves that it worked. I've got to run. Well, we want to have a thank you rally this coming Saturday. All right. On that note, I've got to go. We'll be back. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 10th, 1994. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in those of you who just join us at this hour. It's been a good couple of first hours. Great, actually. We're discussing um, a great variety of things, and I'll just give you a tiny brief recap. Proposition 187. Oh, Proposition 187. People having rallies, getting arrested. It's in the courts. There's violence over it. I uh, will simply kind of sum it up by saying, in my opinion, 187 is constitutional, will pass constitutional muster, and instead of the states having to individually do this, all the surrounding states of California, which are now getting ready to do it, it is not the several states' job. It is a job of the federal government. 187 should be tested in the courts. It will pass, in my opinion, and force the federal government to do what they ought to be doing. The border areas, immigration control regulation and law, is the job of the federal government to do. And by God, they had better get to it, and that is the message of 187. And hopefully, uh, that will be what it will accomplish. We're talking about the president um, because of a number of things, a big NBC survey out, showing, in fact, what occurred on Tuesday was a referendum on the Clinton administration, Squarely was. I mean, a survey after it, the people said, yes, absolutely, yes, it was. A great majority of them say that. As a matter of fact, 56% of the people say the reason they elected Republicans to Congress is the pledge that Republicans took to cut taxes, cut welfare payments. 55% of the people think Congress ought to make policy. Only 30% of the people want President Clinton to make policy. 
It is a terrible, terrible survey for the president. Uh, as for the president, he's now off out of the country, about to take off out of the country to Asia, following the election, which, according to NBC, brought him, quote, such despair, end quote. Hmm. As a matter of fact, in the latest poll, Bill Clinton would lose to Bob Dole if the election were held today, 45% to 39%. Andrew Kohut of the Times Mirror Center said, quote, this means the public didn't like his performance in the first two years. It means they feel Washington needs a very big shakeup, end quote. But the president spent yesterday, after originally saying, why, well, I've got the message. I can see what it is the people want. Yesterday, in a Fidel Castro-like, long, rambling defense of his agenda, he virtually said, wrong. He said, quote, I do believe we're moving in the right direction. And uh, after saying he got the message, he proceeded to say he's going to continue with his agenda. And so then, obviously, he doesn't get it. Somebody called me up about an hour and... Fifteen minutes ago said, well, then maybe he ought to be asked to resign. Well, we don't, of course, have votes of confidence or no confidence in this country, but maybe he ought to be asked to resign. Then the subject of lame duck came up. And I simply asked, where did the expression lame duck come from? And I think somebody who just sent me a fax may have figured it out. Art, lame duck. A lame duck with only one good foot would swim round and round in circles, getting nowhere fast. But haven't our lame duck Congress and lame duck president been doing just that for the last two years? Celebrate the mandate. Uh, that's from Kogo Land. Volunteer work. One-third of all the high schools in America um, have mandatory volunteer work. And there are now students suing, uh, trying to say they're not going to do it. 17-year-old Daniel may not graduate because he is refusing to do it. His attorney says, look, this mandated volunteerism violates the 13th Amendment, a ban on slavery. The school defends uh, required volunteerism, which is a stupid term, by saying, quote, we are teaching citizenship in an activist way. And I agree, it is a great program, but uh, you really can't have something called, can you? required volunteerism you can't really call it anything else because it is community service and you're not being paid for it so it is mandatory volunteerism are you for it or against it so we'll talk about that a little bit just all kinds of things on the table tomorrow morning we're gonna have a very very interesting guest tomorrow evening actually uh... who will talk about the new diseases and uh, I'm really looking forward to that program. That will begin at 11 o'clock Pacific time. So find a way to hear the first hour of the program if you can tomorrow night. So as a result, we're kind of treating this as a Friday night, Saturday morning. Anyway, a lot of you are off, I know, uh, later today. And um, so in a, in a lot of ways, uh, more than one, it is like a Friday night, Saturday morning. On the uh, wild card line, you're on the air. Yes, I wanted to give you, this is uh, the godmother from Kansas City, Missouri, KCMO. Well, howdy. I wanted to give you the description of a lame duck. Well, was that faxer about right? No. Well, no. it could be, but this is from the American Heritage Dictionary. All right. It's an elected official that has failed to win an election before 
the next uh, person takes over. Well, yes, I know that. Um, okay. I was wondering the original uh, uh, meaning of lame duck. I mean, surely it comes from something that associates itself with a duck. Mm -hmm. uh, I understand its present <laughs> contemporary political meaning. I understand. And I wanted to ask you if your face was sore from grinning and laughing Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> my face is sore from four shots into my gum yesterday. Uh oh. Oh man. Tough. Oh, oh, I tell you, um, the root canal was bad enough. But it is not what's hurting right now. What's hurting are the four impact areas. Uh -oh. <laughs> I also wanted to, I couldn't get in to give you a headline, but I had a description for Clinton after the election. Oh, okay. Cat on a hot tin roof. Cat on a yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Okay. You take care. Cat on a hot tin roof. I'm sorry that it's going to go this way. Uh, if it is, and if it's not going to be cooperation, conciliation, then it's going to have to be gridlock, and it's not going to be a pretty thing. Uh, the Congress is not going to do anything the President wants to do, and the President is not going to do anything Congress wants to do. He's going to veto bills sent to him that don't fit into his agenda, and uh, he's probably going to have a hard time trying to get his agenda even uh, written into legislation. So, uh, so then it'll be gridlock, and uh, it is too bad it must be that way, but if that's the way it must be, uh, that certainly beats proceeding with the Clinton agenda that he apparently refuses to give in on. Toll-free line, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Art. Uh, Where are you calling from, sir? I'm calling from Queen Creek, Arizona. Uh, okay, well, this line is held for people east of the Rockies, sir, uh, for about another 45 minutes. Well, okay, thank okay, you. Okay, th thank you very much. And uh, so you can call in at that time on this line or use uh, one of the other numbers. We do that so the people uh, back east who have a much harder time uh, dialing through can make it through. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello, Art. Calling from Mississippi. Yes, sir. I just wanted to say that I've voted in the last several presidential elections, and I voted for Clinton two years ago because I thought he was a moderate. I thought he was going to kind of walk down the middle of the road. Right. And I was kind of pushed in the wrong direction uh, by Bush and Pat Buchanan and some of those people who uh, didn't seem to have the best interests of the country or myself at heart. Um, well, of course, sure. that, 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 of course, is perceptual. In other words, you disagreed with him. Uh, right. I, I, I disagreed with their stand on some issues. Um, Clinton disappointed me. He let me down. You know, first thing right out of the chute, he tackled the gays in the military issue, which I thought was an issue that he never should have tackled. It was um, a big mistake. Big, right. big mistake. He wasted a lot of political capital on that that he could have used for uh, his real agenda. Yeah, he squandered everything, all the goodwill that, that the people who thought he was going to be a moderate president had in store for him. That's right. Um, so I'm, I was glad to see the Republicans come back into power a few days ago. But my biggest fear now is that they will start to push these right-wing issues at me again. Well, they um, are going to. Uh, as a matter of fact, earlier today I heard... Uh... I heard them suggest Newt Gingrich will again bring up the prayer in school uh, issue. And and I think if that happens, and if, if they make abortion, uh, outlawing abortion a priority and things of that sort... Well, they're not going to... No, they're not going to do that. What they I can tell you what they're going to do. They are going to attempt to uh, reinstitute uh, the gag rule on uh, uh, abortion discussion in clinics. That's about as far as I believe they're going to go. Okay. 
Well, I, I just think, you know, if they can balance the budget and they put through the balanced budget amendment and they put through term limits and things of that sort, that they will continue to maintain a majority for quite some time. But if they if they start leaning back towards right-wing, right-wing extremism, then I think that uh, probably in two years, I certainly will have to to lean towards the left again just to try to 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 moderate things or bring things towards the center. All right, sir, I appreciate your call. Thank you. And that is, of course, a danger. Um, I do agree that if the pendulum swings too hard, uh, there will be, as there was when the Democrats went too far left, a revolt. So if the Republicans are smart, and they are, uh, they will seek a middle-of-the-road agenda. They will uh, come out with real welfare reform, and that means work. They will come out with a balanced budget amendment. I don't consider that extremism. This last caller might have. And um, they will uh, perhaps restore our gun rights while coming up with real crime legislation. There are a lot of things the Republicans could do that are in the middle that the American people would just love. And, oh, yes, what about a middle class, even an upper class, Tax cut. <laughs> yes, how about that? I would imagine that also would be uh, very popular. And uh, without going crazy, uh, at least keep our U.S. military viable. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 10th, 1994. On the uh, toll-free line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. This is Mark Hall from across Wisconsin. Yes, sir. Welcome to the program. Yeah, um, i got a question to ask you. Okay. Say if the lame duck uh, Congress decides that they want to pass that right away, like you were saying. Yes. Okay. Um, when, the new Congress come, when the new Congress comes in, can they change that? Um, well, I, I guess they could. Uh, but I don't think they would. And uh, so I think the only way that we can approach this is to flood uh, Bob Dole and others in Congress with a request that they not do it in the lame duck session, that they stop that and uh, absolutely wait until the new Congress uh, gets in and everybody has a chance to read it and understand it and then uh, vote on it. Uh, we've got to stop the vote coming up this stupid one-day session. Exactly, and I think that, you know, honestly, that's what they're going to do. And I, I I can't imagine, uh, it's like, like it said, Ralph Nader said, it's a, it's a, a nap on steroids. <laughs> I was well, reading that McElveney report. Yeah, well, uh, Nader's right in this case. Yeah, and uh, I can't imagine our sovereignty being decided by uh, third world nations. Well, and people who were just widely rejected by uh, the American people as well. Exactly. Right? So, uh, no, I don't want them deciding about this, and we're going to get it stopped. Remember, I, I called yesterday about uh, Proposition 187. Yes, uh-huh. uh huh. I, 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 I figured that they would uh, throw it in the court system. Yeah. You know, now it'll probably be months, probably even years, they said. Yeah. Before they decided, so it really made no difference. Well, uh, that was predictable. Uh, it wasn't going to make a real difference. It's the message that counts, and it is going to go to the courts, and I think ultimately it's going to be declared constitutional and thrown right back into the face of the federal government, which, sir, is where it belongs. 
and I agree with you 100%. I wish it would be that way. I wish, you know, I, I mean, there's a lot of people in this country who are fed up paying taxes. That I mean, those high taxes. I mean, I try to buy a home, and I can't afford to do that. A lot of people are now having trouble uh, buying homes, sir. Thank you very much for the call. It's true. A lot of people are really starting to have trouble with that. Uh, the rates are going up. Uh, they're getting tighter about the loans, and uh, that is going to continue. It's going to continue for a while to get tougher to buy a home, I do believe. On the wild card line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. This is Mark. I'm from Seattle, KVI country. Hi, Mark. Hey, what a change. Oh, yeah. Here, uh, we had uh, one Republican and uh, eight Democrats, and now we've got seven Republicans and two Democrats. <laughs> the biggest I know swing it's a, of any state in the country. Oh, it's a, that's what I've been continually saying. It's a revolution in Washington. It is. You know, uh, years ago, when there were 48 states, they used to call it the 47 states in the Soviet of Washington. You remember that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's not that way anymore. <laughs> no, Washington has changed. Yeah. Listen, I was wanting to make a comment, though, about uh, your suggestion that uh, the president resign. It wasn't mine. It was a caller's. All right. And uh, the suggestion was that he be asked to do so uh, if he does not begin to modify his agenda after receiving this message that uh, perhaps editorially uh, and so forth, people will begin to ask him to resign. Yeah, but uh, we need to be careful here. Um, we need to really protect this president for the next uh, 60 days, and we don't want him resigning. First of all, um, Al Gore would become president. That's the best point. And secondly, until January 3rd, I think it is, uh, Tom Foley is next in line for the presidency. He is the Speaker of the House until January. Yes. So we need to protect uh, Clinton and Gore. <laughs> Would we want Tom Foley to secede to the presidency? No. No. So no. We, don't, we don't want anybody resigning until January anyway. Well, I don't think it's a practical... Uh, yeah, but, you I, know, I know, but, but I just wanted to make that. All right, right. thank you. You made it. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> we want Tom Foley as temporary president, do we? On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, artist Bill in Seattle. Hi, Bill. Where we returned uh, Representative Jim McDermott to Congress with yeah. uh, better than a four-to-one margin, almost a four-to-one margin. How about that? Uh, so at least we know that there will be some good people in there working for uh, working for America as opposed to this uh, horrid, horrid, um, thing that seems to be out there where people are concerned mainly about themselves and to heck with anybody that doesn't have what they have. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, let's see, also, I want to say probably the biggest favor, now I say this in all seriousness, uh, tongue not anywhere, the biggest favor that the Republican Party could do President Clinton right now would be to push the agenda of the far, far right. Oh, I know. In Congress. I know, and, uh, and I absolutely don't want that done. Uh, there are lots of things in the middle that we can push, um, like a capital gains uh, tax cut, uh, uh, a reduction rather, and uh, a middle class uh, tax cut, and um, maybe the uh, line item veto, and uh, gee, I could think of a number of things that are considered in the center that we could do that uh, he would probably want to veto that would be bad news for him to veto. Well, sure. Let me tell you, though, I don't think he would veto a capital gains uh tax cut. Well, good. I don't think that he would... I know, in fact, that he would not veto uh, a line-item veto if that came out of the Congress. Well, good. But do you think a Republican Congress would be willing to give a Democratic president a line-item veto? Um, why, yes. Uh, I mean, what do we look like? Democrats? 
Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, there are certainly several ideological differences between the two parties. Well, I, there sure are, and I think that the, uh, the ideological purity of the Republicans is... Um, uh, uh, makes the makes the Democrats look silly. I mean, they <laughs> they they just thrive on hypocrisy, well, uh, and and so I think that the Republicans have an opportunity to demonstrate they really mean what they say, unlike the Democrats. Really? Well, it'll be interesting then to see how far they push term limits. Uh, now well, that that's right. I I said the same thing not an hour ago. Um, and and oh, and and something else too. I really do hope, and and all this all this partisan bickering is kind of fun actually. But I really do hope. And in all sincerity, that they can get together and work things out, and, and because that's what's best for the country. It's not. It's not a question of us versus you. Ha 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 ha. I think that they're, the Republicans are hurting the country if they bring up white water, if they try to crucify. Oh wait, well, now wait a minute. Now, well, yes. I mean, if there is nothing to white water, and it's just a political crucifixion, you're absolutely correct. But. What if there is something to it? I mean, we certainly don't know from the sham of an investigation they they had into Whitewater here recently. Well, if they can if they can come up with a way that it has affected his presidency and affected the way that he's governed the country. Well, no, no, then no, maybe, no, no, then no. Wait maybe. a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, if he broke the law, he broke the law. If it, okay, but he did not subvert the Constitution. He did not have an abuse of power while in office. And if it can be shown that he did either one of those two things, then I'm in agreement with you. I don't think that they'll be able to. I, I think, though, that what they need to do is quit this partisan bickering, quit the stuff that Newt Gingrich is saying, that they're counterculture McGovernics, which I don't think Bob Dole could have been too happy with him saying. One thing to remember, sir? Yes. If Vince Foster had had a gun, he might be live today? Well, he did have a gun, sir, and that's why he's dead. He, he put it to his own head. Uh-huh. Well, well, we'll maybe we'll find out. Thank you very much. All right, it would be mean and uh, uh, cruel to pick up a uh, line right now because we're coming up on a break here at the bottom of the hour. So we are discussing a lot of very serious stuff this morning. Prop 187, where it's going, what it means. We're discussing the president, where he thinks he's going. And I say thinks he's going. Uh, what he wants to do, whether he is going to cooperate and conciliate or whether he's going to himself be a sponsor of Gridlock for the next two lame, very lame duck years. And of course, the incredible occurrence on Tuesday, the bloodless revolution. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 10th, 1994. Featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 10th, 1994. It is, and it's good to be here uh, this morning after my bout with the dentist yesterday. Nice as she is, man. She had to take, she took four shots at me to get me numb. She gave me uh, one, and we tried it. She brought the drill on. I said, uh uh. She gave me another one, and we tried it. We brought the drill on. I said, oh no. A third shot yet. 
Still nothing. And finally, a fourth shot got it. But do you know what it's like getting four shots in the dump? You don't want to know if you don't. <laughs> anyway, I am here. Figured uh, might as well uh, suffer on the air is off. Suffering is suffering, so here I am. And it's good to be here. And to the telephone lines once again on the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, this is the Representative Republic from Leavenworth, Kansas. Yes, sir. And it is the best talk show of all time. Ah, that's kind of you. This has got to be the best. I, I appreciate being able to talk with Mr. Bell. But, Mr. Bell, I made a prediction. Do you remember the prediction that I made? Mm, not exactly. Well, I said me. before the election that we would win 44 seats in the House, and I said we'd take seven or better, seven or better in the Senate. Well, we won more seats than that in the House, of course. Oh, yes. We we over uh, we did so good that, uh, like I told Doc, I'm telling Doc Democrat, read it and weep, but mm -hmm. we took over. Mm -hmm. We did it. And I'll tell you what, I think the American people finally got awake, and the reason why they woke up is because of Mr. Clinton. I have him to thank for that. It really is true. It is an absolute, honest God truth. But we had to have a president like this in order to get the people out there awake and saying, hey, enough is enough. Well, it worked. It, it absolutely worked. I am so elated. It's unbelievable. The question is, where we go from here? You see, uh, it may of necessity mean gridlock. Um, the president looks as though he's going to proceed with his agenda. Even well, though he, he said, even, that, even, though, even, the, even though he said, um, um, I understand the message that's been sent to me, he obviously he doesn't. I tried to get through uh, Tuesday night. Uh, I know that Doc got through, mm -hmm. and I was amazed at the way he uh, presented himself. But uh, he he uh, he had to humble himself because after all, it's about time the pendulum swung the other way. I did not hear any hum humble pie eating there uh, at all. Well, you you know what I'm saying. You you, you got to understand one thing. One thing for sure, the Republicans are going to do a number. And what I'm looking forward to is the is the Watergate hearings. And I know that model is going to do something about that. Well, I, uh, sir, um, the Watergate hearings occurred back in the Nixon administration. Well, not Watergate. I'm talking about White Watergate. Oh, that there you go. There you go. Well, it's just that uh, I'm so excited that I, it's just unbelievable. I cannot believe that we just won as big as we did. Well, we did. Uh, thank you. Contain yourself, though. Uh, what we have won does entail a big responsibility. In other words, we've got to come through. And that may be difficult to do if we get an obstinate, veto-wielding, uh, president, uh, if, if that's what we have on our hands, it's going to be very difficult to come through. And he can endeavor to do uh, to Congress what essentially was just done to him. I don't think it's going to work, but I think he may try, and that is to stop things by vetoing them, um, giving the appearance of gridlock, and then blaming Congress. may be hard for him to do, but I believe he may try. If his intent is to proceed with his agenda, he's going to try... And don't underestimate this man. Though down, he may not be out, even though it looks like he's out, even though it looks like he's a duck swimming in circles. <laughs> he's, uh, he's come back from the dead before. He has a propensity for doing that. And so I'm not taking anything for granted, nor should you. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, Mr. Bell. Where are you calling from? Uh, from Arkansas. Arkansas, okay. I heard Mr. Clinton say that he's going to do everything in his power to continue on like he's been going. That's correct. 
Now, uh, I wonder if you've heard this. I heard Rush Limbaugh talking about this the other day. Uh, on your tw- on your twenty dollar bills, nineteen yes. and ninety one uh, sequence, there is down in the lower right hand corner a little um, international code. It's between the layers, and he said that that they took one apart yeah. and found that if you go on a plane with money and you've got one of those bills in your pocket, mm. they can they can run you through the scanner and find out exactly how much money you're taking out of the country? Had you heard that? Mm, no, but I I have heard there's a new currency uh, about to uh, uh, dawn, and I wouldn't be surprised, but that they might have that ability with this new currency. We don't know what the makeup of it is yet. Well, that's the currency that we now have. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't. Well, if you've got one, just look at it and see. It's a little. It's a little international code down in the ro- lower right-hand corner. Well, I'll save up and take a look. Sorry, I have not heard that from Arkansas. I got a pretty neat letter from Arkansas yesterday, and I meant to bring that out here. I think I've got it in the other room. I'll go and fetch it uh, here in the next break. Um, but uh, it is a pretty neat letter from somebody in Arkansas who uh, was has just was absolutely amazed that nobody ever bothered to ask him or anybody else seemingly in Arkansas about Bill Clinton before we took him on nationally. You're on the air coast-to-coast AM with Art Bell. Where are you calling from, please? Hi, this is Richard from Portland. Hello, Richard. Yes, sir. Uh, The lady was talking about, uh, from Arkansas, was talking about that we're able to uh, count your money uh, when you go through the airport. Yes, Uh, uh uh-huh. Okay, and uh, there's a report called the Lifey Report. It comes out once a month. He's been uh, 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 on this theme for quite a while. Anyway, the the new bills are all coated with uh, magnetic ink, like the checks are. Really? Have you seen the new bills? I, I I've never been able to talk to anybody who's seen them. Uh, no, he mentions them in his report that he he's seen them. He's gone to the Federal Reserve Bank and uh, got. Uh, some copies, and they run them through the uh, reading machines like the, they do for bank checks or magnetic readers. Yes. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Well, we are having, you know, a, a very large problem with uh, forgery of $100 bills. This is a story they've been keeping kind of under wraps. It's leaked out a couple of times, but in the Bacaw Valley uh, of Lebanon, southern Lebanon, uh, they are, and perhaps in Iran as well, it's thought, knocking out high-quality forgeries of $100 bills. So we're going to have to do something. Yeah, that's, that's what he mentions, too. But then he, he and uh, Ron Paul, Ron Paul is another uh, you know, former congressman from Texas, uh, puts out a, uh, a report, too. And he's been on that team for a long time. When he was in Congress, he was on the committee for that had to do with the banking committee about the money, and there were plans for new money. Back yes, then. well, there are plans for new money. Thank you. Uh, the uh, the new money is going to be in two forms, the way I understand it. One bill that you would use inside the country, and another bill that you would use outside the country, and when you travel outside the country, you would be required to exchange your money. And uh, you, there may be red money and uh, blue money. Uh, the blue money would be used outside, the red money inside. I don't know if all of that is true. 
I just know that that's what they're talking about, and uh, I've got it on pretty good word that that's what it's going to be. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Art. Dennis from Raleigh, W-E-E-B. Raleigh, North Carolina. Hi, Dennis. Yes, sir. Um, I think even though the president may wield his veto pen, I think there are probably enough frightened Democratic congressmen who saw the massacre that occurred the other night. They're going to think twice before they uh, hit the uh, campaign trail again and Mm -hmm. saying, and vote for me because I oppose these stupid Republican. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. I mean, in some in some districts, uh, that's still it'll still sell. You know, uh, some of the urban districts and so forth about uh, well, they're cutting away all our good federal programs and so on and so forth. But I think I think it'll put a, I think this past election put a real scare in a lot of and uh, a lot of uh, Democratic uh, congressmen. The Senate has a majority. I mean, they. The Republicans have majorities in both houses, and I think if it takes a, an override, I think, I suspect the Republicans may have the uh, the frightened votes on the Democratic side to do it. Well, it could be, but, you know, traditionally, veto's very hard to override, mm-hmm. and uh, he could make it very difficult. Now, the one thing we do have, of course, are the uh, committee uh Ships. We have the head. We're going to head these committees. For example, your Jesse Helms there is going to head right. foreign relations mm-hmm. and uh, foreign relations. And I, I very much doubt that Jesse would be in the category of a friend, a person friendly to the UN, the One World Order. That's right, about. right, right. Uh, I think what uh, what may see happening is uh, sort of a like a true two front war. Uh, you'll have the, the frontal assault with the the, the uh, contract with America, but you'll also have the uh, aerial attack of the uh, various committees uh, dragging, uh, you know, uh, Helms's uh, Foreign Relations Committee and uh, D'Amato's Banking Committee, yep. and, and the president, I mean, he's going to be isolated. It is going to be a very difficult two years. It's going to be real tough for, for Clinton, and mm-hmm. he's, he's really going to be so busy trying to... <laughs> well, maybe so, but, you know, we have got to ask ourselves, what if we get him? What if one of those committees finds something that will finally cause him uh, to resign ahead of impeachment or something like that? Then then we've got Al Gore. Temporarily. Well, Temporarily, you, know, you but... never know. Look, Al Gore can come at it in a whole new way. He can try and sell the same old stuff in a whole new way and could temporarily capture uh, the, the American people long enough to get elected. Mm, perhaps, mm. perhaps, but I think if the Republican contract with America, if it succeeds, at least a good part of it, people will see the Republicans really mean what they say. They promise this, and they're delivering, or at least... They're trying to deliver. They're trying to deliver, yeah. at least if they can show that the Republicans voted consistently in favor of these things, and it was the Democrats, the deadlocked Democrats who were pulling back on term limits and pulling back on a balance. Budget. Well, they don't want maybe, to maybe. The answer is maybe. Thank you very much for the call. The answer is a big maybe, and I'll tell you why. Because everybody thought it would be uh, that way uh, for, the, uh, uh, for the Republicans. In other words, the Republicans were able to do that to the president, let's face it, over the last couple of years. They have stonewalled a bunch of his programs. Uh, The president is constantly charged. It's been gridlocked for the sake of gridlock. Now, that argument aside for a second, uh, it did work. What the Republicans did, uh, did work. And uh, the American people have ended up, uh, rightfully or wrongfully, blaming it on the president. Right? So, he may be able to do the same thing. 
stop, gridlock, veto, uh, whatever it is, uh, whatever the, the Republicans might bring up and successfully say, well, look now, they haven't done a damn thing. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 10th, 1994. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, this is Steve. I'm in San Antonio. This is WOAI. Yes, Steve. How you doing? Doing fine. Look, I got an idea. All right. All right. Now, I don't know. I don't know how other people are going to feel like that. Maybe somebody can get an idea. We can get rid. We can get rid of this entire administration on January 4th, and we can have Newt Gingrich as president of the United States. What do we do? Or we got no. You know, um. You know what that guy was doing? I'm, I'm going to tell you what he was doing so that you know. I blew him off the air. Uh, he was talking about assassination. You're a fool, sir. You're a damn fool. Uh, there, I don't know what's the matter with you, uh, but that's no way to get rid of a president. And uh, then he was talking about the vice president as well. You, sir, are a damn fool. And you don't understand what this country is about. You don't understand what just happened on Tuesday. And what you're going to get, sir, is uh, is the end of America as you know it. Is that Maybe that's what you want. Well, I'm not putting that kind of thing on the air. I'm not putting you on there. Don't call me anymore. You call somebody else's program. Uh, not here. Not with that kind of crap. On the first time caller line, you're on the air. Yes, good morning, Art. Uh, good morning to you. Uh, about uh, uh, asking Clinton to resign, I don't think we should. After all, if he has any wind under his sails now, it would have to be from the Republicans, wouldn't it? <laughs> and uh, that's a good way to test the Republicans. Uh, and I wouldn't want Gore, and I really didn't. Uh, Genrich, didn't he throw 40 votes towards the crime bill when it passed? Yes, and, and for that, would, for that, I shall not uh, easily or soon forgive him. But he is going to be the new Speaker of the House. I know, but I wouldn't want him as president. I don't. I think he's wasting his time. As far as running for president in '96, there's too many people to remember. You know, and uh, it wasn't the Republicans that uh, threw Mike Steinar out in Oklahoma. It was the Democrats. Well, uh, it, look, it's it's everybody that's been angry at the Democrats, even the Democrats. That's right. That's, that's what I'm correct. saying. The Democrats are just as angry as the Republicans. The Republicans didn't do what happened Tuesday by the Well, yeah, but there is one thing, though. You're absolutely correct. They did not. Uh, but, uh, ma'am, uh, the people swept out of office were Democrats, that's not right. not Republicans. Now, well, I know. Mike Steinar was a Democrat, too, and the Democrats won't him out. He was thrown out in the primary. And uh, uh, the, everybody threw McCurdy out. <laughs> I'm a Republican. Don't don't well, get that what, 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 See what, you, what you're documenting for me is absolutely correct. The country, right. the entire country, not just Republicans, but the whole country has moved to the right. That's right. That they're angry and they're not going to put up any more of this. And I I don't care if 
Clinton's, he toes everything comes to him. I just assume they didn't do anything else in Washington. They need to undo a bunch of things. Well, yes, but you see, that's what the Republicans may indeed do, so don't hope for vetoes, because what they send him will be a lot of undoing legislation, less government, not more, less tax, not more, that let's, sort of thing, man. Let's hope so. Yeah. And uh, I, I really don't know. I hope they get term limits, because I'd like to see all of those, such as Kennedy, uh, uh, Henry Gonzalez, uh, or, uh, even Dole, Ginrich, all of them. I'd like to see them all go, because there's a lot of young... Uh, young blood. You bet, and they're good. And I've watched them, Democrat and Republican. All right, well, thank you very much. I think uh, that uh, term limits are in our future. In a way, you could say that Tuesday argues against term limits, because look what was done. Everybody thought, well, we can't toss them out, but um, by God, we did, didn't we? I think, nevertheless, term limits, uh, that the Republicans now are locked into term limits. <laughs> it's kind of a... It's, uh, it's kind of a hard place to be, because now you've got a majority in Congress, and um, we'll just have to see if the people who showed all that conviction with regard to term limits continue to show that conviction now that they have the majority. It'll be interesting. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi, this is Pat from Boise, Idaho. Oh, good morning, Pat. How are you? Fine. That'd be K-I-D-O in Boise. You betcha. Uh, just have a little thing to run up the poll and see if anybody salutes it. Okay. I'm a real cynic when it comes to uh, politics and politicians, and I'm, I tend to think that uh, sometimes we trade one set of thieves for another set of thieves. And I just heard something tonight that I hadn't realized before. Uh, one of the big uh, porkers in Washington is Bird from West Virginia. Oh, he's about the biggest, actually. Yes. And he. Uh, another one is the guy from Pennsylvania, and I can't remember his name, who built the big, fancy railroad museum. No, that doesn't come to mind. Well, uh, he built... He, used government money, millions and millions and millions of dollars to build a railroad museum hmm. uh, in Wilkes-Barre or Scranton, somewhere in the coal country in Pennsylvania. Yep. Uh, Byrd was the head of the Appropriations Committee. He has now gotten kicked out, and guess who's replacing him? Who's replacing the him? The other porker, the guy from Pennsylvania. Yeah, well... So uh, yeah, there's going to be some everybody's got to keep an eye out for for this guy because it'll he he will probably do the same thing that Bird has done. Probably. Ah, uh, good point, man. All right, thank you uh, very much for the call. Good point. Of course, uh, you've got to watch, but still, there's a very great deal of hope because remember the Democrats have had the power now uh, in the House for about forty years. Forty years. So there's bound to be a good change. Yes, of course, given enough time, the Republicans would eventually fall into the exact same trap that the Democrats have been in. But finally, we've made our move, and there is a change, a big change in the wind. So have hope. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello, Art. Yes. That's Larry from Omaha. Hi, Larry. Hi how's how's you know, Omaha, Nebraska? Yeah, I tell you what, no matter how the election went... Yes. I'm still doing what I always have been doing, stocking up food and ammo, 
Because oh. I tell you what, I still think we might be in trouble yet. Well, um, look, uh, stocking up on food, ammo, guns, radios, emergency supplies, medical kits, all the rest of it, that's a good idea no matter who's in and who's out. That, that's it. I mean, I, I, I tell you what, though, I was tick I'm tickled to death with what happened. I, I think the best news I got the other day was uh, was when, old, when Mr. Foley... Oh, that, 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 you're right. done. That's it. Uh, absolutely great news. Thank you very much. You notice when it's going your way, you can stay up and enjoy the election returns. If your guy or your people are losing, you just go to bed kind of bored. We'll be back. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. Somewhere in Time with Art Bell continues, courtesy of Premier Networks. Hey, Art, the best thing that could have happened did. Bill Clinton was elected to the presidency. Was this planned all along by the Republicans so as to get control of the House and Senate? If so, this will go down into political history as a new strategy. Way to go. We've got it going our way now. Doug, <laughs> in Portland, Oregon. Thank you, Doug. Well, I never uh, thought of it that way. I suppose we could claim it as a, a great strategy, but I don't think that it was. And if it was, uh, it was a strategic couple of years of great suffering. <laughs> on the uh, toll-free line, you're on the air. Hi. Hello, Art. Hello. Yeah, this is uh, Larry. I'm calling from Fairbanks, Alaska. Hi, Larry. Uh, was... turn, your radio, turn your radio off, Larry. Yeah, I was going to mention to you um, concerning this uh, money with the metal strips in it. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. Why doesn't somebody just call the Bureau of Engraving, uh, I think they're a branch of the Treasury, and just get the straight scoop? Uh, well, that's a good idea. I, I'm all for that. That was pretty much pretty much the only point I wanted to make. Okay. Uh, when, when you get hold of them, let us know what they say. Uh, call you back about it? Uh, yeah. And the other thing I was wanting to know is um, you had somebody call up earlier... And they were saying that uh, most Americans are uh, for a gun control assault weapon bans. Do I understand right? Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Well, um, <clears throat> have somebody uh, 
call you up uh, if they're from any part of the country where um, a ban has been put to a popular vote and if it's uh, passed. Because it's my understanding that uh, anytime any of these measures have been put to a popular vote, they get re uh, defeated. That's a natural fact. Thank you. And there was just another recent case of it. Uh... Uh, that we heard about this morning. I mean, they have been voted down. When there is a vote on it, then it's voted down. That's right. Well, there's been a lot of popular uh, selling going on, frankly, uh, about assault weapons. And I think that in surveys, Americans do respond that assault weapons ought to be banned or this or that. It's because they have been uh, psychologically um, battered about the head and shoulders until... They're politically correct on guns, and it's, oh, no, assault weapons, oh, my God, you know, and there is a lot of that reaction out there, and that tells you uh, why we get the polls we do, but when we are, when it comes down to gun bans, Americans aren't going for it. Toll-free line, you're on the air, good morning. Well, good morning, Art, this is Barb in Bellevue. Hello, Barb. Let's talk about GAP. All right. Has anybody seen this article in the Wall Street Journal that Clinton intends to pull out of GAP the minute it is passed? No. Would you like me to send the article to I'd, you? I'd love that, yes. Be glad to do it. All right, Barb, I'll look create for create all kinds of trade disputes. Oh, Rush Limbaugh made me smile two nights ago. He said when uh, <clears throat> Rossenkowski leaves and cleans out his desk, someone needs to remind him to be sure to pick up his stamps. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Barb. Yeah, you know, he was involved in the, um, the postal... Uh, uh, allegations of scandal and um, all that, which is yet to be unwound. Maybe it will now properly unwind, along with a lot of other investigations. Nobody's calling for a witch hunt. But I'll tell you something, that, that investigation of Whitewater was a flat sham. It was an absolute sham. Uh, they could only go into, what was it, 4 or 5% uh, of the allegations about Whitewater. It was a sham. A Democrat sham, and they controlled it, and now there's going to be a real investigation, and by God, there ought to be. I mean, what can be more suspicious uh, than, uh, than, than a whitewash? And it was absolutely a whitewash. So I don't know whether it's going to go anywhere, but at least now we'll have a chance to really find out, huh? Thank you, Al D'Amato. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hi, Art. Roger from Spokane. Hello, Roger. Yeah, um, I had two things. One of them is, um, what do you bet that this Supreme Court um, um, <coughs> case that they're making for down in California, what do you bet the taxpayers get stuck with the bill? <laughs> what do you bet? I mean, who's going to pay for it? The illegals? <laughs> who's going to pay for what? For taking this case to court, the, taking the... Uh, Taking the uh, constitutionality of the... Uh, well, w whenever uh, there's a constitutional question, the Supreme Court uh, considers something, Roger, we always pay. Oh, well, well, that's what I wondered whether it was... But, I mean, that's that small potatoes, Roger. Uh, mm -hmm. The illegal alien problem is, what, uh, four, three or four billion dollars big? So oh, right. I would say we could spend a few dollars uh, trying to get it turned around. What do you think? Well, yes, I agree with that. Oh, Just good. as long as we put a, <laughs> put a lot of money into it to try to get it to hold up. And um, the other thing, too, was I had a question about um, the line item veto. Um, it, are you clear as to kind of how that would work? Would it allow... Yes, Roger. It would allow a president to take his uh, pen and line out a specific uh, 
a provision of a bill that uh, that he found objectionable. Would he be able to, like, you know, just basically say no to amendments and basically it would get rid of pork? Or, is, you know, that's what I'm wondering. Would it yeah, be, that's the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, you know, Congress, uh, in the way that it... Uh, uh, can override a veto, could override that, but it takes right. a larger larger margin. So right, but you know, just mm-hmm. to, I would be all in favor of that of getting rid of pork. It'd be you know, I hate I hate when they pass these bills and there's things tacked on that don't have anything to do with it. You know? We all hate that, Roger. And, and uh, so I think a line item veto would be a great idea. That would, yeah. I just wanted to understand that because if so, I'm all for that, and I think um, even with the us Republicans in control, I think it would benefit us. Certainly in the future, if in case, you know, it goes back to the way it was for 40 years. You're absolutely right, Roger, and I said it to somebody earlier, thank you, that the best thing the Republicans can do now is prove that they have the strength of their convictions, unlike Democrats. What do I mean by that? I mean that we can send the things that we say we're for. The line item veto, sure, let's send it to this uh, Democrat president, see what he does with it. Oh, let's see, what else could we send? Well, we could send a middle-class tax break. We're for that. It is uh, it is our conviction that, uh, in the end, that will produce more income for the government, not greater deficits, smaller deficits, because uh, we will become a greater producer. Uh, tax revenues, uh, as a result, uh, will go up. Gee, we could just do all kinds of things that we say we believe in. Term limits? You betcha. Uh, Let's go ahead and send that one up to the president, too. I'm all for it. We can prove that, uh, unlike the Democrats, we don't just mouth issues. Uh, When we get legislative uh, control, we, we go for it. And I think that's the best thing the Republicans can do now. Not go to the far right. That'll be wasting capital the way Mr. Clinton wasted it on the far left. Won't work. We've got to go to the center. Uh, and when I say center, conservative center, and begin to send Mr. Clinton legislation from that exact place. We'll see what he does with it. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Art, uh, what issue of Omni uh, did they uh, do your interview? Well, I don't know, ma'am. They told me it would be three or four months that they do them that far ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it should be soon. Uh, just keep watching Omni. Okay, and I also want to say that that guy in Washington that you're referring to as a lame duck he's really a turkey a turkey yeah well uh, thank you very much for the call yeah he's really a turkey on the first time caller line you're on the air hello Art hello ma'am how are you I'm this fine this is Malia in Honolulu oh no oh yes <laughs> <laughs> Malia <laughs> I finally friend. get to hear your voice <laughs> your old fax friend yes say uh, I wonder did you ever get the bills from the truck driver that was going to send them to you once remember uh, bills the bill the new bills the colored bills that he told you he oh no 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 I, well I don't know that he ever said he would actually send them to oh, me. oh I was under, I was under that impression no he said that he's seen them and uh, that he was going to send me something about them but oh, not, was that not it? actually the bills you know oh was that it yeah. I see. Oh, I wanted to tell you, I've um, I uh, talked to Bob Crane about getting a QFAX. Oh. And he, so he's going to fax me the information about it. Oh, is he? Yeah. And uh, sometime when you're faxing a, a weather uh, picture to him, fax one to me. 
Really? Yeah, I'd love to see one. All right. Okay. I will do it. Okay. All right. Enjoy, hey, enjoy your show. <laughs> it's good you... to hear your voice. <laughs> Talk to you later. Thank you. Uh, she sends the most wonderful faxes. Y'all do that. Bob Crane and I have been exchanging weather pictures. It is so much fun. QFAX is so much fun. I've been spending so much of my spare time playing with QFAX. Oh, God, it's great. Yeah, again, it's a computer uh, board, full-size computer board you put in your computer. And it's got a receiver, a VHF receiver on board. Anybody can use it if you know about computers. You just put the card in there, you load in the software, you put this little antenna outside, takes about 10 minutes to put together, and you put it up on top of your TV antenna, and you're getting pictures, photographs, from space. About every hour, more or less, a satellite comes over, one of many series, uh, either American or Russian, and they take a picture, and it turns out uh, to be a high-definition uh, high picture that... Uh, is written as a GIF file or TIFF file or whatever you want it written on your computer. And you get these incredible weather pictures. Oh, it has been fun. Ask Bob Crane about QFAX. On the first-time caller line, you're on the air. Hello, Art. How are you? Okay. Very good. We're all happy, aren't we? I'll I certainly am. Have you heard from Charlie or... Uh, no, Charlie, I believe... I, actually, I think Charlie may have died. You think so? Mm. Where's Dr. Democrat? Well, he was on yesterday. Was he? Oh, yes. Is he happy about things? Oh, well, he claimed to be. He did, huh? Oh, yes. Well, he must have had a big change of heart then. He well, uh, he reached out as far as he could reach with his neck out all the way and said, Look, I think it's great because uh, the Democrats will now be pulled back to the right. Uh, Doc's contention was they were too far left and that this wounding that occurred on Tuesday... Uh, we'll pull them back to the center and the president. Well, how, how is he going to stop the hemorrhaging? I have no idea. <laughs> okay, Art, we're all happy about everything. All right, take care, sir. <laughs> on the toll-free line, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi, hang on. Hang on? Uh, I'll give you about three seconds. Hi, Two, Art. one. Hi. Hi. Michael from Golden. Hello, Michael. Uh, Want to talk music. Okay. Um, first of all, you're probably going to bleep me out for this one. Well, don't say something I'm going to have to bleep. Okay. Uh, what about uh, Mr. Isaacs? Uh, Darren Isaacs. Yeah. What about him? I haven't heard him for uh, the advertising for a while. That's absolutely correct. Uh, we advertised for quite a long time. and um, Just didn't work out, huh? What are you talking about? He sold thousands. No, I well... I <laughs> he, he sold thousands of CDs. Uh-huh. It worked out great. For him? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, number two. Hmm. Um, what is the uh, your incidental music? Um, you know the one that sounds like the pipe organ. No, no, I, I'm sorry, I don't. The do 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 do. You don't know. Well, that was fairly good, and I sort of recognize it. But I uh, I can't put it an immediate. Uh, most of it is Cusco. Most of what I use is a group called Cusco. Cusco. Yeah, C U S C O, and uh, they're a German group. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, and and do you have a? Uh, um, is there an album out? Oh, there are about four. Mm -hmm. And okay, so. So you go to a record store and ask for Cusco, and they'll tell you about the albums. Okay, because cause I um, uh, bought uh, 
uh, Midnight Express. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And I I didn't find the one I wanted. Oh, uh, what do you mean? The, the, the songs that I wanted. Well, there's only one song, sir, on Midnight Express, yeah, and that's that's my main theme. Oh, is it? Yeah. The chase, the chase theme, the chase music. Well, the music I play every every night at, right. at eleven o'clock when I come on the air. Okay. I guess that's it then. All right, sir. Thank you very much for the call. Uh, have a good morning. On the wild card line, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello. How are you, Art? I'm very well, sir. This is Dave from St. Louis. I'm Camel on KSD. Very good. Ah. Uh, so what do you think is going to happen? That's like Dan Rather talking about NBC. I know. It's horrible. We have two stations in town to listen to uh, in the nighttime at your station. Well, I know, uh, but there's only one worth listening to. Uh, well, during the daytime, they have uh, several. Well, that's, several the, that's, that's the daytime. Oh, I see. <laughs> so at night, when I'm, when I'm working the midnight watch here, I listen to you and uh, Roger Fredenberg, and during the day watch, I uh, listen to uh, Rush. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, try to explain to somebody you have to listen if you have to listen to those guys to uh, mediate what you get from the liberal biased left leaning communist uh, media in this country. <laughs> Remember, sir, don't be afraid to say what you feel. Oh, I'm never afraid to say anything about the media. I sense, uh, I sense that. Since 1968, I've despised them as low life, cowardly, lying scum, and that's the best I think of them. But otherwise, they're a pretty good uh, group. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want anybody I know married to one of them, but other than that, one of the interesting things here is one of the Democratic uh, women that lost on the Tuesday night election was absolutely livid because she lost to a Republican. Uh. Yeah, that's exactly what it said in the paper. She, she was livid for losing to a Republican because, yeah. after all, she was the better candidate. I see. And I think that's the attitude, this elitist, self-serving, self-centered attitude that most of these Democrats have. Unfortunately, we couldn't get rid of that bozo Gephardt and the equally obnoxious uh, Bill Clay. Even uh, in the races where incumbent Democrat uh, annoying incumbents went back, uh, the races were much closer. Oh, yeah. The message is, believe me, unmistakable, absolutely unmistakable with what we did do and what we almost did. I know they've got the message. Well, the funny thing here is that uh, Bill Clay has the postal or headed the postal committee, the Postal Service Oversight Committee, and last year uh, a company that a relative of his has an interest in bought a building for four million dollars, and two hours later sold the Postal Service for twelve million dollars, mm-hmm. and uh, allegedly for expansion of the Postal Service. Then they put another couple of million dollars in through shell companies rehabbing the place, and then in yesterday morning's paper. The Postal Service is now selling the building, and they anticipate a $10 million loss in the selling of the sale of the building <laughs> after it's been refurbished. <laughs> so, in other words, you get them coming and going. Yeah, and uh-huh. now you, you try to understand why uh, 29 cents stamp, and you still can't get mail delivered in less than 24 days. Yeah, well, facts, facts is coming on strong, sir. Okie doke. Thanks for the call. Somewhere in Time with Art Bell. Continues, courtesy of Premier Networks. On the uh, wildcard line, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello, Mr. Bell. Thanks for taking my call. I'm Bob from Cathedral City. Cathedral City? Where's that, Bob? The lower desert next to Palm Springs. Oh, okay. And uh, I got an idea about Bill Clinton resigning. 
Oh. And then uh, Al Gore would resign. Why? Well, then, after this would all take place, well, then Newt Gingrich would be... uh, Why why would Al Gore resign? Well, so Newt Gingrich could step in as president then. But why would he do that? If you were Al Gore, you wouldn't resign so Newt Gingrich could become president, sir. Well, he wants to make all of the uh, Roger aliens happy out there in the world. The what? All, All of the Roger aliens. What are those? Well, you know, the the people, the followers, and, and the, uh, oh, the people that are kind of backed by Roger Ailes, I just like to call them aliens, Roger Aliens. I see. But I think it would be a fantastic idea. And then all then, then the conservatives, conservatives could have, well, they could have their whole way there. And then Clinton and... Well, I admit it's a dream. Well, you know, it, it, could, it could happen. It's a good dream. Uh, uh, I, you know, no, it, it couldn't happen. And wouldn't happen, but it's a good dream. You don't think Al Gore would resign if, if no. Bill Clinton did? No. If you were the vice president, the president resigned, would you resign so oh. somebody from the other party could take over? Hell no. In a minute. No, you wouldn't. In a minute. Let them do it. Let them have their way. Sure. <laughs> I mean, why not? It's going to be just a total stalemate anyway, so why not do it that way? Um, I would imagine that uh, anybody, any uh, any Republican would, uh, would think that would be great. Uh, however... It's uh, it, it's Dreamsville. Uh, thank you very much for the call. Uh, and I realize that you have your tongue so far into the cheek, uh, into your cheek, that you're in danger of choking to death there, sir. Don't try and swallow like that. Damage yourself. That's a good dream. But I realize uh, how facetiously you were uh, presenting it. No, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not in this lifetime, anyway. Not in this dimension. Well, okay, we're just uh, about down at the bottom of the hour here. You know, um, that was obviously uh, the, uh, that was obviously Democrat. Uh, very frustrated, very angry, and I think that's the way it's coming out. Um, uh, they're just going to get angry, and they're going to get facetious and bitter, and we're going to be hearing a lot of that. Uh, this election on Tuesday really just knocked uh, the uh, the stuffing right out of a lot of them. And I guess we should be compassionate about that. <laughs> this is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 10th, 1994. Okay, Art, your newfound support and admiration of Newt Gingrich is dangerous. What you forget is he's a member of the CFR, showed his colors when he released the votes for the crime bill. Now he and Dole are assisting Clinton in shoving Gat down our collective throats. 
I thoroughly disagreed with your excitement, other than the fact that I agree with you about the outcome of the election. We're not out of the woods yet. I predict GATT will pass. And Dole and Newt would have uh, helped us sell out to the New World Order. Matt in Portland. Look, Matt, I know. Don't mistake my joy over the election of uh, Republicans, which I truly have lots of joy about that, Matt, uh, with uh, some newfound excitement about Gingrich. The only thing I said I enjoyed about Gingrich was that he throws verbal bombs. <laughs> I've always liked that about Newt. And uh, Bob Dornan's another one. He'll throw ber- verbal bombs all day long. He's really good at it. I like that in a politician. You know, I like people who say what they think. I don't have a problem with that. Matt, don't uh, don't confuse that with some newfound support based on my forgetting what Newt did with those votes for the crime bill. Gee, Matt, uh, you're, you're impressed too easily. I'm excited, but... Uh, I remember all those things. And then this, uh, Art, before I became your board up here in Washington, I worked in banking, and that metal strip in certain bills is simply an anti-counterfeit device. No great mystery. Your pal Chris. Yeah, Chris, that's what I thought, too. Um, It's an anti-counterfeiting measure. People, of course, want to attach all kinds of meaning to things like this, and they want to look for conspiracies. I'll tell you, America is... Americans are very conspiracy-minded. We're very good at uh, thinking about conspiracies and cooking them up, and that's all right. (laughs) Occasionally, there are real conspiracies out there, you know. On the wild card line, you're on the air. Good morning, Art. Hello. This is Don up here in Cave-Eye country. Hello, Don in Cave-Eye country. Got to get this crane box down there. Yeah, you get that crane box turned off now, Don. I just did it. Good for you. I got three items for you. All right. The first one is you're doing good work. Thank you. Uh, The second one is uh, there's such a thing as uh, short-term tactics, and then there's long-term strategies. That's right. And the Republicans would be well advised to take the contract with this 10 points and religiously go through each one. That's true. Uh, that's the first item. Third item. The 187 thing apparently uh, passed 60 to 40. Oh, about 59, yeah. Or 50. And, uh, but yet there's going to be, I guess, a recount between uh, Feinstein and Huffington. That's true. It sounds to me like there's something fishy going on with the vote counting down there. Those two things just don't seem to correlate. Well, um, why would you think they necessarily would, Don? In other words, not everybody who voted for 187 might have voted for Huffington. Well, the big the big thing... Uh, I would imagine a lot of people who uh, support Feinstein also support uh, being sensible about our borders, Don. Well, but she was uh, very much uh, against the 187. I know. Well, at any rate, it's just something that seems to, uh, just doesn't seem to add up, right? Well, think of it this way, Don. I'm sure there's some people that you support, um, uh, Republicans, uh, who have occasionally drifted on one issue or another that you disagreed with them on? Oh, no doubt about it. I've been oh, guilty okay. more so, than once. So, but then you went back to those Republicans anyway, didn't you? You better believe it. All right, thanks, Don. Well, then uh, that sort of makes the argument there. You see, it's not, uh, some people will vote on a single issue, but not everybody. And it's just like Gingrich. I'm really ticked off at Gingrich and always will be about the vote on the crime bill. That was a big old sellout. But, you know, there's going to be other issues and other fights. And, um, 
uh, it may well be that I will choose to be on Mr. Gingrich's side uh, on on some other issue. I don't have any choice about the matter. I mean, if it's a, a matter of um, deep philosophical uh, belief, and I'm in agreement, I'm not going to walk away from him and join some Democrat over on the other side. I mean, let's have some common sense here. On the uh, toll-free line, you're on the air. Hi. No, you're not. On the, on the on the wild card line, you are on the air. Hello. Good morning, Art Bell. Good morning, Jose. How are you this morning? Just spiffy, Jose. That absolutely fresh body parts is the second funniest thing I ever heard you say. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember you used to advertise, uh, I think it was uh, some kind of home remedy book or something? Uh, yes. And you remember uh, you used to have How to Quiet a Colicky Baby? It had and then what? you turn on your zap, zap gun? It had what? And then uh, one time, you know, they had a, the colicky baby portion of it. Oh, yes. How to quiet a colicky baby. How to quiet... <laughs> yeah, and then you turn on your zap gun, and I thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing I ever heard on the radio. <laughs> yes, well, I, I imagine not everybody caught that. Uh, well, I did. Listen, uh, I, have a, I have a reason why I think the Me some of the Mexican, being Mexican myself, uh, government is... Uh, seems to be protesting against this 187 thing. Why? I, I don't think they comprehend uh, the fact that the California people have spoken. I think they think it's kind of like their government system where the fix is in on every vote, and somehow if they protest enough, they'll change it. Maybe they think that, Jose. Thank you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what good they think. I'll tell you this. Anything that's said in Mexico by the Mexican president or the Mexican people in violent protest or burning down McDonald's or, you know, whatever they're going to do, is only going to serve to harden opinion in this country. Now, Mexico ought to understand nationalism. God knows they're nationalistic enough themselves. They ought to understand uh, nationalism, and they ought to understand uh, that a people um, uh, like ourselves... Uh, have every right uh, to control our borders, and I don't know why they wouldn't understand that. Maybe they're taking it personally, and they think that it's racist. Well, it's not. It absolutely is not. It's only common sense. It's nationalism. It's a, a protection of uh, that which we have, and uh, trying to um, give it to American citizens not non-citizens. I mean, this is really, honestly, just common sense. If our, if the Mexican people were not in our school systems in Southern California, there would be more money to spend on the, on the American students that are there. There'd be more books. There'd be more classrooms. There'd be more personal attention from the teachers. In other words, there'd be more for American citizens. And to me... The Mexicans ought to understand that. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. Um, you remember when I was telling you about the uh, opinion I had about how close it was going to be on 187? Uh, yes, uh-huh. Uh, we had polling data that was, uh, you know, almost a week old, and uh, we were told down here that it was closing fast. That's what the media said. Mm -hmm. Right. And there wouldn't furnish any fresh information. Here it ends up winning 60 to 40. Yeah, well, you remember what I said? I said that uh, 
uh, the politically correct track had been laid down. And so what that does, it puts people in the closet. People who support 187 just don't say so. But when they go into the polling place, hell yes. Well, I'll tell you, they did the same thing about Pete Wilson. They said they're only four points apart. Here he, you know, tears her a new fan. Yes, I know. It just, it's really ticked me off because... Uh, somehow the, me the media is get becoming a larger and larger factor. And what well, I'll give you another example. Well, no, 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 sir. Um, no, you see, um, you don't need to be ticked off because no matter what the media did, it didn't come out that way. So they didn't drive the result, did they? Well, did I, they? they? They didn't. But I'll tell you another example, though. Nine months ago. Uh, Barbara Boxer, who was drug across the finish line by Dianne Feinstein in the previous election, just ducked out of sight. But we find out nine months ago she fired an aide he'd been working for for you know since she was in the Congress, and they wouldn't publish anything or uh, file the arrest until after the election. All right, thank you. Uh, well, look, I I think you are uh, on the whole wrong. In other words, I believe that the media may try to drive things in a certain direction uh, but in the end we just finished proving uh, that they really can't do it that the, the American people really do have their own mind believe it or not on the wild card line you're on the air hi hello let me turn off the radio real quick please do that yes as soon as you get on the air actually alrighty Art okay I'm sorry but I think you gave your last name and uh, we don't allow anybody to give their last name on the air. No, 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 no. This is Trent. Trent, from, okay. K-N-Z-R, Bakersfield. Okay, Trent, good. All right, I just... What's on your mind, Trent? Oh, back to... I'm just glad 187 passed. Uh, me too. That is, uh, I think it'll stand up like, like you. Oh, yeah, it'll pass constitutional muster. Oh, it'll have... There might be a little bit of problems with the... Uh, the higher-ups in education, but as far as teachers are concerned, I think teachers back it more than not. You know, well, who cares? Yeah, that's true, too. But uh, I got a question for you. Okay. Um, I bet my buddy up at the, at the main gate a Big Mac on this, so come through for me, Art. Is the Federal Reserve private or government? It's aliens, sir. It's owned by the aliens. Oh, come on now. Look, uh, everybody knows it's private. Of course. I just got myself a Big Mac. Thank All you. Right. Well, enjoy enjoy uh, your Big Mac. On the first-time caller line, you're on the air. Art? Yes. Yes, oh, sorry. I just turned my radio down. I guess I got a time delay or so. Uh, this is Bob from uh, Eagle River, Alaska. Hi, Bob. How you doing, Art? Fine. Great. Hey, uh, I got a few things for you. First off... Uh, yeah, smoked salmon can't beat mine anyway. But uh, another thing is on this uh, dollar bill thing. Yeah, but see, we don't all live in Eagle River, Alaska. Yeah, that's true, Art. Not everybody's blessed like I am. Uh, on this uh, dollar bill, where they can sense how much you got while you're going through? I don't think that's true. Well, I've, I've heard something about that. Oh, me too, but, you know, you hear that all the time. They can read exactly how much money you've got in your pocket. No, I don't believe they can. I, I'm willing to have it demonstrated to me that they could, but uh, right now, as far as I know, uh-uh. That's a bunch of, uh, you know, scare well, stuff. Well, just think about this, Art. If, if, if the technology is there that they can do that, 
what would prevent anybody from detecting the credit cards that are in your wallet? It'd be the same thing, wouldn't it? To what end? Well, because you get the magnetic strips and whatnot. Yeah. Magnetic strips have got to be fa uh, passed right in front of the uh, uh, the scanner. Well, how would they do it with the with the uh, uh, you know the currency? Well, I'm trying to tell you, I don't think they are. You're you're not hearing me. That's a bunch of baloney. Okay. Well. All right. Hey, I had something else to say to you, but uh, I forgot what it was. Hopefully, okay. I'll get through to you again. All right. Well, hopefully you will. Thank you. No, I don't. Uh, I don't believe that that is true. I know there's a lot of people out there saying it, but I don't believe that it's true. I don't believe they can detect it yet. I think that that is a simple measure to prevent counter counterfeiting. And as far as uh, the magnetic strip things are concerned, you've got to pass that uh, right in front of a scanner. People, of course, want to believe the worst. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 10th, 1994. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. Hello. Yeah, you were right. I was wrong. On what? Oh, well. On what? Well, I, I didn't think they'd take Congress. I knew they'd take the Senate. I didn't think they'd take the Congress. Oh, yes. But, uh... Well, surprise, surprise, sir. Kind of mixed feelings, you know. I mean, I've, I've heard some names called tonight on uh, on Tom Foley, you know. He was a hell of a guy. did a lot for apple growers and boing workers and stuff like that. But I guess people forget it just because he won gun ban I, I don't know you know i'm kind of mixed on a lot of it mm. you know we knock a guy out like you Mike. know you know what i think killed foley i think his uh suing uh with regard to term limits ticked off a lot of people i think it made some people angry that frankly uh weren't even in favor of term limits they just got angry when he turned around and seemingly said hey screw you guys uh, we're going to take this thing to court. Uh, the term limits. Don't be silly. That made a lot of people angry. That's a backdoor way of looking at it, but it's right. Yeah, well, I, that no, I, I, I honestly believe it to be correct. I think the one that bothered me the most, though, is, is uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the Tate Chrysler race. Uh, no, I, I'm sorry, I'm not. Uh, to me, it, it, I had it was in the, I think believe it's the ninth district here. Norm Dix is my congress, but uh, I mean they elected guy over my Chrysler that. Uh, I mean, he's never he's never had a paycheck in his life. Twenty nine years old. Not that that's a disclaimer, but uh, I, I just couldn't understand it. I mean, you know, Art. What scares me the most, and, and me and you have agreed on one out of ten things. And but what scares me the most is, is somebody that's like me. I've never made more than fifty. I've always made more than twenty five thousand dollars a year. Mm. I just get the feeling now. You know, are these guys my leaders now too? Am I included in this? Like, if I lose my job, is there going to be unemployment? If I lose a leg or an arm, is there going to be workman's comp? Oh, I think so. And, I mean, yeah, I know, I, and I think so, too, but there's, you know, these things I've mentioned here, and like the guy in Palmer, Alaska, you know, who, who said we shouldn't have them, you know, the, the time that when these things came up, Republicans didn't want them the first time around. Well, the, the only thing, uh, uh, the, the difference, for example, might be the Republicans would be less inclined to extend uh, the period of unemployment uh, and extend it and extend it and extend it the way the Democrats are inclined to do. But uh, taking away unemployment insurance? No. 
Well, just okay. I know I got to get you going, but can I ask you one question on that? Uh-huh. I mean, if you were the Duke, right? You're the number one guy, and you're the only Republican I like, by the way. I mean, the average person is out of work for nine months to a year or more. I mean, that's what 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 the friend of mine told me. What he heard at the unemployment office at the Boeing thing. Yeah. And seventy-one percent of America goes from paycheck to paycheck with less than six months' wages in the savings account. So how much? How long should unemployment last? And I'll let you go. Thanks, sir. All right, thank you, sir. Well, I think uh, six months is uh, sufficient. If the economy is truly in awful condition, then you might get an extension uh, from that. But uh, mindlessly uh, continuing extensions to the degree that it begins to turn into um, AFDA, uh, aid for uh, um, uh, dependent uh, adults, uh, that's mindless, and the uh, conservatives would probably be disinclined to do that. So the differences, sir, are really at the margin, but it is an important margin. On the first-time caller line, you're on the air. Hello there. Hello. Yes, sir, you're on the air. Hello, Art. Hello, sir. Uh, this money thing? Uh, what money thing? Well, the strip. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. we're talking about? Yes. Uh, if you got one in your pocket, you can take a look at them. I've looked at it many times, sir. Oh, okay. It says, it says USA and then the bill. It'll say the amount of it's a 50. It says USA 50 and then it's backwards. Yeah, so? Uh, okay, just not much to it. It's titanium. Okay. And, and another real funny uh, little thing around the picture, like Hamilton on a $10 bill. Yeah. There used to be a little line around there. Now it says USA backwards and then it says USA forwards. Yeah. And they are supposed to be very trackable. And uh, if you read it backwards, does it say the devil or something? No, 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 no. No, no it's just printed one way. We don't. It'll say like ten dollars USA, and then it'll have it'll be backwards the other way, and then it goes the other way. Hmm. Very suspicious. Just you know, comment is all. All right. Thank you very much for the call. Let's all look carefully at our bills and pick out other strange conspiratorial things about them. Where does it say UN? Look for UN on the bill. Can anybody find UN on the bill? Not US, UN. On the wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. Hi. This is Danny from Bellevue. How you doing? Okay, I want to tell you what a lame duck is. Well, what's a lame duck? A uh, duck is slang for a person, especially one qualified as being odd, harmless, funny, ineffectual, and so forth. Hmm. And lame is unsatisfactory as an excuse, imperfect, ineffectual. Well, that's a perfect description of that's our... That's lame duck, formerly a congressman serving at the last session of his term, temporarily disabled. <laughs> that's a perfect description of our president. Thank you. <laughs> Love you. All right, take care. Perfect. Straight from probably Webster's or somebody or another. On the wild card line, you're on the air without much time. Hello. Yeah, hi, this is uh, Jim in Fairbanks. Hey, Jim. KFAR. Yes. Just have a uh, question with Art. Going to have to be real quick. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, on the uh, government, as far as uh, gun issues are concerned. Yes. Uh, do you think, uh, as far as a Brady bill, that uh, Republicans might repeal that? And uh, as far as, quote, responsible, unquote, very responsible citizens are concerned, uh, just like myself being a paramedic and... Uh, 
All right, all right. Listen, the show's over and I've got to go. Thank you for the call. I think the Republicans will come up with another crime bill and that they may replace Brady with uh, the instant check or something else logical like that. Uh, don't fear the Republicans, folks. Uh, they're going to press an agenda that I assure you you're going to like a lot better than what we've had for the last couple of years.